fucking vampires, man. I don't know. So, it just it was just it was just a, a fun here's thought. The thing though, whenever you see something like that, he probably thinks his youth is in his butthole. Ooh, yeah, yeah, That's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah, that creep, creepy man. He's like, <laughs> I want, I want to steal your youth. Give so it. That means he's gonna be he's gonna be stuck in therapy for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Uh, Betterhelp.com if that's you out there. <laughs> Uh, That's a great start of the podcast. Yeah. All right. So welcome to Pixels and Pines podcast. I'm Bradley. And I'm Mike. And we're two dudes talking about video games and drinking pints. What do yeah. you got on deck I'm, today? I got I got a Prairie Artisan Ales uh, Tiny S's. Little Tiny S's. Oh. Little Tiny S's. It's nice. Uh, well, I, you know what? To be fair, I don't think I like it very much. Uh, <laughs> so here, but here, here it is though. Uh-huh. So it's a sour ale, which is good. I love sour ales. Orange peel, nice, refreshing. Citrus, lemon peel, more citrus, lime, citrus, rainbow chewy candy, which is, I guess, their term for Skittles without getting in trouble. Oh, uh, it's super fucking. It's sweet. It's super sweet. So you get a little bit of the sour and then sweetness, but it's not like, it's not like sour Skittles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This is something else. And it also looks a little bit chunky and very cloudy too. So luckily I only got four for 20 bucks. So, all right. This yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a steal. <laughs> I got, uh, I, I'm copying you a little bit from last week. I got the uh, 2021 pumpkinator. Aged Ooh. in bourbon barrels. It bourbon is bourbon barrels. Twelve point six uh, percent. Uh, those who care to Woo. see it, it's a cool little bottle. Uh, paper label, nothing too fancy. Yeah. So you know what I've been thinking though is maybe maybe we can get sponsored by because like if I'm willing to do just like Texas and Houston based beers, mm-hmm. if we could just start getting like logos, maybe they can give us like the label art so that way we can like prominently display it. If you maybe want get a case, if you want, I can talk to, I can talk to the dude at 11 below. Oh, 11 below. Yes, yeah. sir. So yes, sir. We're obviously we're good buddies with him. Um, and then we have some friends who work at St. Arnold. That's um, what's up. So we could, we could probably get, get it in there and see if we can do like a podcast there. And I, I blew this one. I blew this one, but I might be able to figure it out. Um, try to blow them again. See what no, happens. Like I've ruined this this idea, but I'll I'll try to fix it. Uh, with uh, Alamo Draft House. So like they they like oh. to have podcasts there. So do we could they? do like a big video game type of night there or something like that. And because uh, they the, what they do is they do podcast pre show pre movie. So like Scott Pilgrim, right? We could go there and just mm-hmm. talk about Scott Pilgrim. We went to see, yeah, it was when we went to go see Scott Pilgrim. They had a, a video game uh, TV show podcast and they had people come up and they played Mortal Kombat and something else. And then whoever won got like uh, uh, a Mondo glass and a poster and something else. It's awesome. Um, so so for people who don't know, Mondo glasses are done by Mondo um, and they're like very intricate, cool fucking uh, posterized looking designs. They only come out um, during movie releases and big events uh, underneath Alamo Draft House. Um, Alamo Draft House is a Southern, I think, only I think it is. I think uh, it movie is. theater. Uh, it's it's based around the enjoyment of movies uh, and just like the 
the vibe of being like a movie fanatic and is a place where if you talk, they remove you from the theater. There's no if, ands, or buts. That you don't get a refund. They just fucking eject you. If you come back and you do the same type of shit, you're just banned. Um, it's it's a cool vibe there. Um, I I think we could probably do some shit like that. They do a lot of pop ups there. Dude, if we could have if we could have like if we could like get a spot in front of the screen, mm-hmm. and then we could just project like some of the stuff. And uh, I don't want to call you out, but I'm going to call you out. Okay. So we're experimenting with a new kind of layout because we're going to have some stuff for the YouTube folks. Yeah. So unfortunately for you uh, Apple podcasters and you uh, Spotify listeners, probably aren't going to get the full effect, but you can always come to our YouTube channel if you want to see the 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 great layout that Bradley's going to be doing for us <laughs> and, with, and, all of the, with all of the videos and pictures to help you kind of follow along with what we're talking about. Yeah, so we're 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 trying to you know uh, just try shit, try new shit out uh, yeah. to see where it sticks, and uh, every episode just add more production value to all this stuff. So that's what it's about. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, so, fuck it. You want to get right into this thing? I guess. All I right. guess we can do this. Yeah. All right. Instead of floundering around and trying to yeah. delay it a little bit. Okay, guys. Before we start, though. Uh, don't forget to don't forget to subscribe, guys. If you have anything that you want to say, if I get something wrong, please leave a comment below, so that way you can shit all over me because I am <laughs> obviously going to get something wrong. And I I have gone back and listened to the, some of some of the stuff that I've talked about, totally wrong. And I <laughs> talked about it like I was super confident, like I knew what the fuck I was talking about. And I know there's some people out there like this dumb son of a bitch. He doesn't know what he's talking about. For sure, you need to correct me in the comments so that way I know. So I can be a better person. You know, we we tried to figure out the term gatekeeping for a solid minute and a half. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I still couldn't figure it out I even laid when in, I listened back to it. I laid in bed that night and I was like, what is that term? Uh, it was gatekeeping. I, I left it in the comments, um, but I was hoping to drum up some interest there. But uh, I, I still think there was a different word. No, I don't believe you. It's it's definitely gatekeeping. Um, Fine, gatekeeping. Anyways, fine. Anyways, so it's it's been an interesting week. Um, there are going to be some some uh, some. There's not a whole bunch of. I want to say a lot of a lot of really crazy stuff uh, that happened this past week. But I think next week is going to be uh, super crazy. So we're gonna we're gonna prep you guys for it, but. Last week, some of the stuff that we heard about first was a patch fix for the 13 remake that also included a gameplay trailer that was released on August 15th. So for the people not in the know, the 13 remake was developed by Playmagic and released on November 10th, 2020 by Microids. So you might not have heard about it, but if you did, it was mainly because of how shit the game was. Right. So Metacritic score hovering around 33%. Not very good. Overwhelmingly negative on Steam. It was probably the worst game of 2020. Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) So common things that people were complaining about. Terrible animations. Character models sucked. Terrible audio mixing. May or may not have been because of the original compressed audio files from the 20, the 2003 game. So this probably was just like low quality MP3s and shit. It was 
probably awful. So they try to enhance the visuals too. And if you don't know, the original 13 game was super, were super comic book-like. And so by enhancing it, they decided just to get rid of it and make everything as realistic as possible for a game that's supposed to be aimed at a kind of like a comic book aesthetic. Great, great idea, right? Yeah. And they also decided that back in the day, if you're not a if you're not an old fuck like we are, back in the day when you played a first person shooter, you basically just hoarded all the weapons that you got. You didn't have to drop anything down. No. You didn't have to swap weapons with another one hoping that, you know, maybe I I'm maybe I won't need this other gun. You could just collect all of them. But hey, this is this is 2020. We don't do that. You carry like three or four guns max, bitch. Yeah. So they decided to modernize it and now you couldn't carry all the guns anymore and you had weapon slots, which people were pissed off about. You're going to release a remake for a game, try to make some money off of people who enjoy the original 13 game and fuck you guys. So uh, the, this, this all sounds fucking awful, right? They've, they yeah. got kind of uh, thrown to the, the wolves uh, through all of these reviews uh, on Metacritic and Steam, did they have any type of like response to any of this? Are they making any fixes on any of the the updates? Or are they just like letting this bitch roll? But, so here's how fucked up it was. It was so bad that a month after the release, so this is November 10th, mm -hmm. December, in fucking December, they had to put up a blog to say, yo, hey guys, uh, we really fucked it up. <laughs> you know one month one month they were so confident during the november 10th release but a month later hey guys we're so sorry we fucked up so bad we're we're gonna fix it that was in 2020 uh so play magic was in charge of the the fixes i guess you could call it but for whatever reason microids the publisher wasn't really too happy with the way things are going so on june 29th of 2022, they actually pass it over to a French studio called Tower 5. So they're going to be responsible for this new patch that's coming out. So that's a bit of the backstory. So, so it's, it's taken them two years to, to essentially respond and fix the issues to uh, a game that was created in 2003 and pushed out again in 2020 that they completely fucked. That's wild. Basically, in theory, in theory, it's supposed to be fixed. So to be fair to Microids, the, the gameplay trailer that they released on August 15th, it's gameplay from the PS5 version of the game. So it does look like they kind of brought back the comic book aesthetic a bit. Uh, a lot of the environments were very realistic. So things like, you know, uh, brickwork, uh, ground textures, grass and things like that. It looked like it was coming out of like a modern FPS game. Mm -hmm. um, but it does look like they kind of dialed that down a bit. So a lot of the textures have been replaced with things that, you know, a little bit more simpler uh, as far as like flatter colors. And they've actually added like black borders around a lot of the textures, to, you know, kind of comic book because, you know, comic book, you draw and there's lines and shit. Yeah. So they are like, fuck it. And that's what the people remember. That's, I guess, what we were supposed to give them. And so they wasted two years of development just to give it back. And not even, not even all the way, though. It's okay, but it's not quite as it was in the original. So you have definitely thicker lines, but not quite the, like the really 
thick lines from the original 13 game. Most most notable if you were looking at the original 13 gameplay and you saw the first person perspective, you know, you can see your you can see the the player's hands and you can see the weapons in his hands. Super thick lines. Yeah. Uh not quite that. It's it's probably more I would say Borderlands style. Yeah. So yeah. while Borderlands is kind of going for that look, it's not quite as over the top as the original 13 was. Yeah. So original 13 uh, was very much like Archer in terms of like yeah. really, really thick lines, uh, sharp lines. I mean, like it felt manufactured, right? But that was mm-hmm. the look they were going for. And it's a, it's a very specific look. This is a lot more smooth. Uh, even like you said before, like the lines are very thin. Like it just, it doesn't feel the fucking same at all. It's uh, st- yeah, it, you're right. It still doesn't. It's, it's kind of in between mm-hmm. the original release and I guess, uh, a step above the remake, but, um, it, they don't have much development time left because the release date for this patch is going to be for September 13th of this year, 2022. So we got about less than a month, three weeks mm-hmm. about before this gets released uh, on the plus side, on the plus side. So they had been, there has been talks about a switch version that was supposed to be released, but that was delayed. And it looks like this patch release on September 13th is going to be kind of the debut of the Nintendo switch version. So it kind of looks half decent now. That's cool. But I mean, essentially it makes your, the old version of the game that you have, if you bought it on disc, like it's an obsolete version of the game now. Like you have this shitty version that's always going to be shitty no matter what, unless you upgrade to the new patch that comes out. I mean, it's going to be free for people who own the previous gen games, but you know, at some point you're not going to be able to download this. You know, if you owned a disc copy, yeah. you're only going to be stuck with the version on the disc. Damn. So hopefully the Nintendo Switch version is going to be the one that contains this new version of the game. So you're not going to have to, you know, put it, pop in your cartridge on your Switch. Um, install the game and then install a patch on top of it. Hopefully, it's just all there, which would essentially make it the definitive version. So, you know, is regardless, the, of, is the Switch version going to have a physical release? It's ooh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I know a they lot said of they're mother- going to release it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know actually. So that is, I'm actually going to look that up because <laughs> I'm I'm super upset uh, that they've done all of this bullshit to 13 and I was hoping like, and I'll be honest, like I'm, I'm an asshole and I got too much money and I, I don't care if they do another release Mm -hmm. with this game with the patch on top of it. So if if they want to release like a, a series X or a PS five version of the game that has everything on the disc, then cool. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy it. Do you do you think that uh, the original version, so the 2020 version, disc version, will be like a collector's item because of how shitty it was later in the future, so, similar to like how you have versioning with like a modern release game, so day one release plus then you have the patch disc later? So crazy that you say that. Um, I actually bought the, the 13 um, Steelbook version because they were, mar- they were marking it down super cheap. Oh, damn. So I got that version, I think for like 20 bucks. And from what I, from what I've heard, it's, it's sold out. I think you can still purchase like the, the base game, like the, you know, just the original in the, uh, you know, the PS4, uh, case. And it does look like there is going to be a physical version of 13 for the switch. Hmm. 
So coming out September 13th, at least from GameSpot, uh, GameStop, it does look like they are going to have, well, it says it's, oh, it says it's in stock, but obviously it's a pre-order because yeah. the release date is still uh, September 13th. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, the thing is, if they've, if they've printed these cartridges or they manufactured these cartridges, I should say, I don't know what the lead time is on stuff like that. Uh, I want to say that it's probably a few weeks. So if the game isn't necessarily done enough, or I should say the patch, if it's not done enough to, to actually burn it onto the, onto the cartridge for the switch, then it's probably going to be like an update situation, Yeah, which is going to suck. But I guess we'll, I guess we'll have to see. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a sad situation that, you know, they, they released a very shit game and now it's going to take them two years to potentially, I guess, release a passable version. And you're going to have to, I hope that you, at least it's a passion, not like you're gonna have to download the game over again. That's going to suck. Yeah, that would suck. I, I, I am glad that they are bringing this to the switch though, because it's the switch is uh pretty lacking in first person shooters i mean you got like doom and uh, a portal now and a couple other things um yeah but like for the most part like uh, real shooters uh you know i i i think this will fit pretty well on the on the switch uh and give people like some type of you know some cool shit yeah, to play no for sure like i'm i'm not huge on purchasing um switch games if there's alternatives like on the PS4 or Xbox, but if this ends up being like the definitive version on the cart, like I'm going to go out and buy it immediately. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully it performs well. That's the only thing I'm really concerned about, but you know, Nintendo's going to put out a switch pro or some shit at some point in time. So maybe that'll, that'll help it anyways. We've got some other switch note news though. Yeah. I'm not. So did you, did you ever play? Wave Race 64, because I, yeah. I, I skipped this entire generation. Oh. So then you're going to be excited about this then. Yeah. Yeah. Wave Race 64 was pretty dope. Uh, pretty good game. And it's uh, right. coming out with the Switch Online expansion pass uh, August 19th. What is that? Is that today? That was a couple of oh, days ago. Oh, that was a couple of days ago. Holy My shit. My guy, you are... You are... Time traveling. You, time, yeah, you're time traveling. You have no idea what year it is <laughs> or what day it is. Feels so, like it. Yes. So you can now go on your Switch and download the newest update for the Nintendo 64 app on your Nintendo Switch to get Wave Race 64. So some information from Oatmeal Dome. So Oatmeal Dome is kind of like a, a modder. He calls himself a tinker, things like that, primarily on the Mac and iOS side. But he likes to he likes to he likes to tinker around with uh, the Nintendo Switch. And Nintendo doesn't really give you these release notes whenever the Nintendo Switch app gets uh, updated. Hmm. So version 2.6.0 for the Nintendo 64 app adds Wave Race 64. For Pokemon Puzzle League, there are some just, you know, technical render settings because the, the way that the Nintendo 64 app works is that it essentially is a, an emulator to emulate these games. And so... Just like how you can you can manage different settings in your game uh, for like a first person shooter to like, you know, turn settings off and on. They have these kind of things inside of the Nintendo 64 app, not visible to the average user, but the developers can go in and kind of adjust things to make sure that the, the Nintendo 64 games are running as well as you as you would think they did uh, originally on the hardware itself. 
So Pokemon Puzzle League is adjusting some render settings. Uh, looks like it's related to color frame buffer. That So it might have been just a hack to, to make the game run correctly. No longer needed, so they've removed that stuff. And they're doing some sorting adjustment for PAL and NTSC versions of the game. So it does look like the Nintendo 64 app is pretty similar across all um, all regions. Because if you download the Nintendo 64 app, like in Europe or in Japan, you're getting the Japanese or the European versions of the game. You're not getting the American versions. Hmm. So, so it looks it looks like the some of the fixes uh, are managing some of that stuff on the just on the global side of things. Okay, so and, that users, depending on their region, get the correct game. Yeah. Okay, and that's really about it. It was it was a super quick drop. I don't, uh, and I think the Nintendo does this all the time. Like they don't really they don't really hype any of these things up. It's just one day they're just like, "Yo, new game on Nintendo Switch Online, get it," kind of thing. So, good I, stuff there. I really wish they would give us a roadmap of what they're fucking releasing. Um, instead of just like I say this every every time that we talk about releases on the Switch, um, definitely inside of their uh online stuff uh, there, there's no roadmap so you just get stuff and you're just like either super excited about it or it just flops right uh wave race 64 probably gonna play it probably gonna play it yeah yeah it it looks honestly i'm kind of upset that i missed out on it it actually looks super fun yeah it's it's uh it's essentially the nintendo version of jet moto which was you know ps1's fucking mm, yeah wave race type of game and that game fucked hard uh, wave races, it's fun, but it's no jet moto. All right. So next we have, all right. So Marvel Spider-Man, mm -hmm. Marvel Spider-Man used to be a PS4 only game. <clears throat> uh, they did a remaster for the PS5 and Sony went ahead and released it on steam not too long ago. Yep. So. A lot of people were were kind of wondering, okay, so Sony is starting to release some of these games on Steam. You got God of War, you got Horizon Zero Dawn, you have Spider-Man, you're going to have um, the Uncharted games. Some of them are coming to, to Steam. So you start to wonder, so what's Sony's plan here? They're gonna release the games on Steam. Are they gonna are they gonna maybe release it on the Epic Game Store? Or maybe they're gonna come out with their own launcher? How are they gonna kind of combine the PC gaming space with their console gaming space? So so an article came by from Video Games Chronicle on August 15th that if you go through the game files in Marvel Spider-Man, there's actually references to a PSN account somewhere in the game files. So it looks like maybe the original plan, or maybe this is something that's coming later, is that you're gonna be able to link your PSN account to get some sort of like rewards by doing it. So right now you don't actually have to sign into a PSN account. In fact, I don't even think you can. You yeah. can just launch the game and play. But it looks like maybe sometime in the future, Although I don't know if I would necessarily agree with requiring you to log into a PSN account in order to play a game that you download on Steam. That, that there's there's like a, kind of like a balance between that because there's there's been incidences uh, just recently that I remember. I think it was um, 
I think there was like a Doom collection not too long ago. And the problem was, is that the Doom collection, so Doom, all the IP is now owned by Bethesda, right? Yeah. So the problem was, and limited run games got hit by this. Uh-oh. I believe it was limited run games. So you got a cartridge. You had everything on the cartridge, but you couldn't play it unless you signed in with a Bethesda account. If you didn't sign in with the Bethesda account, you couldn't play the fucking games on your cart. How do you not even fucking QA this? Or maybe they did. Maybe they thought it was just like, yo, you got to have a, a Bethesda account in order to log in and play. And they're like, makes sense. Ship it. You know what I mean? Ship it. So <laughs> it wasn't until there was some backlash where people were like, what the fuck is this? Like, I put in my cart. I want to play. You're telling me I have to log into a Bethesda account? I got to create another fucking account for a yep. game that I already purchased? Yep. Like, that's bullshit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So their solution was, you have to promise to destroy the game, and we'll send you a new copy without the Bethesda login requirement. So that's how this can kind of get out of control. And I support your ability to decide whether or not you want to log into a PSN account in order to, you know, get the get the benefits of all this. And, you know, outside of linking your account to get some rewards, there's a possibility that you can sync your trophies. You can sync save games across PC. So if you actually own these games on Steam, for example, you know, you get to the middle of the game, you, you decide that you want to sit on your couch and play the rest of the game. You know, you sync your save through Steam, you get on your, your console, your PS4, PS5, and you can pick up where you left off. Like, that would be awesome. You want to... You just unlocked a weird memory in my head with this destroying Uh-oh. games thing. When I used to work at EB Games, uh, we would penny out games and like uh, old strategy guides and stuff after they've been out for a while and they just weren't selling or some shit like that or like, you know, some old ass Madden game and, you know, we're two, two years past that one. To, to penny out a game, we had to break the fucking disc. Or we had to like take yeah. an exacto blade and like cut through the disc. Um, and then we would just drop it in a box uh, because we had to send it back to them, but we were, that we had, we were told to send it back to them unusable. So the employees or people in shipping and handling when are in receiving at the, at the warehouse didn't just take the game mm. and try to use it. And I was like, man, that's so fucked. That's so that fucked. That is fucked. Yeah. Dude, that shit used to like break my heart all the time. Like, cause it'd be uh, like, oh, look at all these old PS1 games that we're not going to sell anymore. Break them. That's super fucked. But I mean, you know, it's like, it's probably like, like Barbie's horse adventure or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely wasn't like legacy of Kane, soul weaver or anything that was like, good, yeah. Right. Although, although I did see a Twitter post that apparently one of the Barbie games, I think it's a, I think it's a PC only game or something like some of those songs. Fuck dude. Like mm. for whatever reason, you'll just have like these weird, like barbie games or it's like some bullshit in that in that kind of like area but for whatever reason they'll just they'll just hire, hire a composer and they're just like you know fuck it i'm gonna make some fucking bangers for this game i don't give a fuck <laughs> if it is barbie you know what i mean that's like, what's think up. about yeah think about that uh the meme for the uh was it the golden eye pause screen music, oh my you know what god I mean? it's so good it's so good right it has it's no so right it has no right to be as good as it is yeah you know you you know that somebody went like Yo, like we're gonna uh if you pause the game, like maybe we wanna like play a little bit of like a little 
a little bit of a little music or something like that while that game's paused. Like, don't mm-hmm. worry about it. It's not a big deal. And they're just going to rip something out and just like, just fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, if I play a game or I see a demo of a game, there was one I just saw earlier that uh, I meant to add to this list, but uh, it's like some cyberpunk game that the, the theme is cyberpunk mixed with uh, Ghost in the Shell. But it's like a top-down type of game, uh, very anime-looking. Uh, through the cutscenes, the pic, uh, the game itself is like pixel art. But the soundtrack fucks harder than River City Girls. <laughs> oh shit! I was like, "Damn, dog! I'm I might just buy this bitch just for the soundtrack." Uh, You're gonna have to. You can't just you can't just say that. You can't just say that. You got to find the name of the game now, bro. I know. I know. Let me see if it's you, you bastard. Let me go to my history here on on YouTube because I was just watching that uh, gameplay video God for it. Damn it! The greatest G- game that G- may have ever existed. Jack Move. Jack Move. Okay. Yeah. Um. It looks cool as fuck. It's a cyberpunk uh, JRPG with retro pixel art that uh builds itself as Final Fantasy meets Ghost in the Shell. Um, because it's a it's a JRPG. Um, with turn based art. Uh fight and shit it, it looks cool as fuck holy fuck i'm not gonna lie the pixel art looks amazing yeah oh and the animations too yeah it's jesus yeah it, it brings me back to like those uh those good ps1 games where they had like those anime intros like alundra and uh mm-hmm. Um, all of the working design games, to be honest, like, it yeah, just, it, it I feels was about to say whatever they're doing here. Like they, they figured it out. It's good. Um, I'm into oh, it, dude. Like I, I remember even like the, the first lunar game on uh, Sega CD. I remember just being just like blown away when I saw the anime intro. It's just like, this is the future. Yeah. I have the future right now. And I'm yeah. playing it. You know what I mean? Like when you when you're playing uh, that game and you walk into the area where God damn I forget all of the characters' names. Um, I just remember, I don't remember any of them. Yeah, yeah. So you walk in, you're the you're the the Dragon Master kid, and you walk into that area where that girl is singing. Yes, and it transitions and it pans up and she's singing and like you see the the pillars and the water and she's standing there and she turns around and she's like oh hey how are you and like I was just like dude I'm fucking in. I'm so in, and they they had those like anime sequences like littered through the fucking game. Oh man, I couldn't have been a happier little weeb if you tried. Uh, <laughs> and and the unfortunate thing is because of how old we are, like that that kind of look that's animated me. Yeah, like everything everything after that, it's just it's I don't know something about the the way that like the facial structures are mm-hmm. now, the way that they animate things. It just doesn't look right compared to like early 90s, 80s anime. I fucking love that that era of it right there. Yeah. Well, the so there was in 90s anime, uh, everything was desaturated color color wise. Uh, things were animated on the ones and twos. So you had, you know, uh, 12 to 24 frames a second, which is what you see in like Akira. Uh, they're bringing that back for a new anime called uh, Chainsaw Man which is going to blow your fucking mind. Uh, oh my god. I've seen I've seen some of the manga stuff. I see people post shit from the manga. It looks real fucking good. Chainsaw Man looks fucking bananas. Uh yes, it the does. animation style is fucking crazy. The art uh is nutty. Everything about it's fucking cool. Uh 
Yeah, I went on this deep dive about like why anime was so impactful in the fucking eight, late eight, late eighties and nineties, and it's excuse me, uh, it was because they went for realistic movements. Uh, so the way that characters walk was real. The way that they did pull and drag with clothing and all this other stuff, they tried to mimic real motion, and then they animated those things that needed to be animated to look real in higher frame rates, which cost them a lot of fucking time, which is why nowadays they bring it back down to like 12 frames or whatever, or instead of like having it at 24 uh, to keep costs lower and pump this shit out. And then they also like, you know, render a lot of shit through 3d and stuff, but uh, you, you lose, you lose a lot of that, uh, that charm. Like I was watching uh, Tarzan, the Disney movie. Yeah. The animated one the other day. And I was like, I do not remember this motherfucker looking this good. Like it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, but anyway, like, I don't know. I, I could reminisce about like old animation styles and shit like that forever, but that's not what this podcast is about. <laughs> it isn't about it. I, but I will say though, like I have a, I have a large fascination with the rotoscoping that Disney did back mm-hmm. in the day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's wild to see. Like if you, I had a, I had a really interesting phase in my early twenties, drug related that I was super big into, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Hell yeah. So, and I remember watching like some of the bonus features. Cause I, uh, I, one of my friends gave me like one of the, um, special editions on DVD back in the day. Mm-hmm. And they have a whole bunch of bonus materials on the second disc. And you can actually see the reference videos that they took oh. in order to do the rotoscoping on. So they had some actors, I think even, I think even the girl who played Alice, um, they actually had them act out scenes that they would later go back and rotoscope over. Yeah. And it was just wild scene. It's like, cause I, I remember the, the way that the animation looked, I was just like, this is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's like, why has animation changed from those, like that classic Disney period to now? Like, why do they not do this anymore? And obviously it's because they were drawing it frame by frame using, you know, literal references. Yeah. Like live video. actors. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it gave it such this unique look and flow mm-hmm. whenever you whenever you saw it and it just is so good you want to hear something crazy yeah i do so play it I, on me i found this out the other day and it blew my fucking mind so if you go back and watch old disney movies like the old old disney movies after disney became famous uh they're all sad so kids are orphans parents die Bambi, shit like that. Everything was littered with death. Fucking Mufasa getting yeeted off a fucking cliff. Parents died all the time. And it's because Walt Disney uh, accidentally killed his mom. He... Whoa! Yeah, so he bought his parents a house because he was like, dog, I'm rich as fuck. Mom and dad, let me buy you a house. So he bought him a house and they just moved in. There was a leak in the... in one of the natural gas or something like that. Um, uh, and his mom died that night that they moved in from uh, carbon monoxide poisoning and his dad barely made it out alive. Uh, but he died Fuck. you know, shortly after that. That's fucked. Yeah. And so Disney blamed himself and he went into this deep depression. And so all of the stories that he wrote afterwards were uh, parents dying and fall, uh, childhoods falling apart and, uh, having this deep weird look at life 
that's not fun at all. I don't know. Why, <laughs> I don't know why I shared that, but it's a, it's a, a fun little quip, I guess, about, um, a, a view inside of like a giant corporation and their CEO, uh, falling, uh, to depression and then, uh, essentially affecting storytelling for generations to come. So, yes. Welcome to Pixels and Pints podcast, where we talk about existentialism <laughs> that's expressed through the medium of animation and video games. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Let's get back into games, dude. We got... Anyways. So <laughs> let's talk about Death well, Stranding. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, let's uh let's let's move over to something a little bit happier. Death Stranding. <laughs> so Death Stranding was a PS4 game yep. uh, back in 2019. It is a collaboration between Sony and Kojima Productions, and I forget I forget his name. Uh, How do you know Kojima? His, I well, I know his name, bro. Oh, oh. The, the name of his company. I don't think it's Kojima Productions. No, it's uh, a Fox something. No, that's Fox the name Hound? of the engine. Oh, Fox. The Fox engine is the is the name of the. Oh my God, uh, he is the. Oh well, fuck. Maybe it is Kojima Productions. Oh. Uh, oh, okay. Fuck it is Kojima Productions. My bad. I think I, I think I was um I was they they have like the little mascot. The little mascot has a has a specific name, but we'll get into that later. Anyways, so Death Stranding, PS4 collaboration, Kojima and Sony. And you know, it's they don't necessarily own the IP. Sony well, they, uh, I should say it this way. Sony does own the IP of Death Stranding, but they don't own the rights to the game outside of having it on PS4 and oh, so they don't own putting it on Windows. So they have really no right to tell Kojima that, yo, you can't, you can't do this with the game. Which nobody really thought about because we assume that Death Stranding is a PS4 game. Yeah. Up until, up until a few days ago. Wow. So, on Twitter, Game Pass for PC has a Twitter account, and they started, they started changing their background in their header. And they were changing it to kind of like these desolate landscapes. And people were kind of thinking, like, is this Death Stranding? It can't be Death Stranding. You know, it's a PS4 game. Sony paid to have this game created. So obviously it couldn't come to PC Game Pass. Mm -hmm. But no, that's not what happened. It, Death Stranding is in fact coming to PC Game Pass. So on August 23rd, probably by the time this pod comes out, if you own Game Pass Ultimate, you will be able to play Death Stranding. That's sick as fuck. That is crazy as hell. It's already on Steam. So if you haven't played it now, now you have the opportunity to play it. If you have a Game Pass Ultimate account, which you should, you absolutely should. So if you don't know what Death Stranding is because you never had a PS4, it's an open world action game with some online functionality. The online part, excuse me, isn't, isn't, the, isn't the real focus of the game. So the online aspect is kind of like a semi-cooperative type thing. So you are cooperating with everybody else playing at that moment in time. And 
the way that you cooperate is by building structures across the landscape. So you'll be able to build roads in order to help you traverse faster mm. through the over through the overworld, right? So you play as Sam Bridges. That is uh what's his name from uh uh Walking Norman, Dead Norman, Norman Reedus. Reedus. Yeah. So Sam Bridges, Norman Reedus. So you are Norman Reedus, a porter for a company known as Bridges. So you're tasked with delivering cargo to isolated cities known as knots, as well as isolated researchers and survivalists, while also connecting them to a communication system known as the chiral network. So the game is kind of kind of like a walking simulator in so much as you walk across the landscape and you deliver packages. So it sounds kind of weird, a little boring, but it's so fucking good. Hmm. So it's now going to be available on Game Pass. You need to play it. Well, let me tell you, I, I've i been thinking about playing this game for so fucking long, and it just fell off my radar. Um, I saw uh, some statues that uh, that Sony put together for Crunchyroll Expo. I, I, I imagine they've been at other places, but they were like big-ass life-size replicas of like Norman Reedus holding the fucking baby in the fucking jar thing. Mm-hmm. They look cool as fuck. Uh, and I, I remember thinking then I need to buy this when I get home and I forgot, uh, I just, I just bought it on steam. <laughs> I'm, I'm in, I want to play it. It's been so fucking, uh, long since it came out. I think everybody should play it. It's, it's one hell of fucking awards. Yeah. Uh, so I remember playing it back in the day, uh, when it released on, uh, in November 19th of mm-hmm. 2019 and it's, it's very Kojima-esque. So, you know, he has he has a whole bunch of people in there um, uh, as far as like actors wise. Yeah. So a lot of famous people in there acting. Uh, it's got a convoluted, weird story, just like Kojima does. So it's it's going to it's going to tickle you somewhere for sure if you're into any kind of Kojima games. So the crazy thing about this game is that the time that it was released. So this was this was probably like five, six months before the lockdown hit. COVID. Yeah, yeah. So Kojima seems to kind of have this his finger on just kind of like the the pulse of all this weirdness that kind of goes on in our world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like societal things. He he tends to be somebody who who talks about it and expresses it in his video games. So for example, in Metal Gear Solid 2, this was in this game Metal Gear Solid 2 was released in 2001. And right before you finish the game, there are these codec passages that that play out that basically talk about the dangers of misinformation being spread in a digital age and things like that. You know, and this was this was like 2001 where yeah. not everybody had access to the internet, not and you know, social media wasn't necessarily a thing, and he was already like expounding the dangers of yeah, misinformation. He already, he already fucking knew. Yeah. And so if you think about it in that way, Kojima also had this Death Stranding game where they talked about these this world, where which is essentially disconnected. They're disconnected. This is basically an inhabitable space. Like it's dangerous for you to go outside of your of your kind of like your residence, yeah, the area like, that you're in. There's like that icky bullshit like everywhere, right? That everybody's yeah. afraid of. And the only way that you can receive these packages and communicate 
is through these package couriers, like the Sam Bridges character that you're playing. So you are delivering supplies and things like that to these people who are unable to venture out because of the dangers that are outside the world. So, you know, this was this was only six months before COVID hit. And, you know, it kind of really kind of really exemplified just just that feeling of isolation and having somebody come to, I guess you could say your rescue. That's wild. A, yeah. So Kojima, as I said, really tends to kind of really strike this kind of stuff uh, ahead of time. And Death Stranding is definitely an example of that. And if his next game is about uh, a powerful nation, uh, you know, let's call it the United States, falling apart uh, because, you know, regime changes and uh, areas of, uh, you know, like that only last around 300 years, uh, <laughs> uh, then I'm just going to start calling him a prophet. <laughs> Kind of feels like it sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I well, maybe he's probably going to go back to horror games, which I hope he is. So that way, so it's too. just like, no, nah, man. There's going to be like these ghosts who are going to uh, come out and they're going to they're going to kill you. So that's what our future holds. That's what I'm thinking. But somehow they're going to be tied to like politicians or something. Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I need to get that fucking PlayStation off of you that has uh, uh, PT. On PT. It. That's right. You really should. Also starring, also starring Norman Reedus. Yeah, that's true. You didn't know. Yeah, at the very know. end, because you have no idea who you're playing as. And then you it's have just no like, idea. Oh, by the way, it's Norman Reedus. Yeah, and I, I still need to figure out how to get, how to figure out the last bit in order to escape the house. Hmm. So I'm not quite there yet. Scary as shit, though. It was scary as fuck. Looks super I, it was, scary. It was, it was pretty bad. I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever been that scared playing a video game, ever. Goddamn! Uh, it was, I, I couldn't even terrifying. watch people. I couldn't watch people play it. It was terrifying, dude. Did I watch Ugh. you play it? Were you playing? I on? don't know. I don't know. Did you stream it? I I did for for like a couple of days. Maybe that's because uh, it's, it's super it short. Up. Yeah, it's super short. But the um the steps you got to do to get through like all of the uh, all of the different scenarios in order to finally get to the end, mm -hmm. you got to go through some shit. And uh, yeah. No, I don't want to do it again. Yeah, that dead baby in the sink. <laughs> I was like, that I'm was out. Little, that was I'm a little out. rough. I'm out. <laughs> uh, so is a wild bitch. Dead, yeah, let's, <laughs> speaking of dead babies in the sink, let's go on to our next story. It's a great transition. Yeah. So, the snitch. My favorite person on Twitter. Yeah. And I was going to link to his little Morse code thing that he... That he posted on August 20th, but we're probably going to get in trouble for people who have like uh, uh, sensitivity to flashing lights and stuff mm. like that. So uh, don't use that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't use, use that one. So as I said, he released a tweet on August 20th, which is essentially a more uh, Morse code. So it was a, it was two top bars at the top of like a, a green, a green center. And it basically just flashed. And if you actually translated it it said the wise men say you'll find your way which is absolute nonsense but apparently it's related to a kanye west song called pinocchio story off of 808s and heartbreak which i guess uh i guess the snitch loves fucking kanye west because i didn't know that yeah 
And the only thing we can think of with the, the whole Pinocchio story thing is that this obviously seems to be referencing Lies of P, which is going to see an appearance at Gamescom. We didn't know this at the time. So he made this tweet, and then Jeff Keighley, a few hours later, did say that Lies of P was going to be at Gamescom. Because before that, we didn't know. Wait, 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 wait. So is Lies of P about Pinocchio? So here's the thing. It's like Pinocchio. It's, it kind of reminds you of Pinocchio, but it's probably not going to be Pinocchio. Because you probably can't use the P word. I don't think you can use the P word. No, I think I, Disney. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the. Is it public the, domain? I think so because like uh, Gilmel Guillermo Guillermo Guillermo. That's right, Del Guillermo. Yeah, he's got a Netflix movie coming out. Uh, Pinocchio. Damn, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so, all those all those old uh, uh, English tales. They're all public domain. Did you see the? Did you see the? Um, what is, what is his name? Uh, Winnie the Pooh. I think Winnie the Pooh is now in, in uh, is a... It's public domain? Public domain now. Yeah. Damn. So there have been some interesting I'm, takes on Winnie the Pooh. I bet you they are not allowing uh, any of that to be found out in China. Probably not. <laughs> Although I don't think they cared uh, before it went public domain. But oh, if you no. Look, Th that's what they call Winnie their. The, that's, that's what, what they, they call him. Yeah. Uh, okay. Xi Jinping. Yeah. And we're now marked for death in yep. China. I'll, Good uh, job. Maybe I'll edit that out. So Winnie the Pooh, I if you look at it now, they've mm -hmm. turned it into like some real gruesome shit. Ooh. Yeah. It's it's uh. Blood it's and scary. honey. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay. Oh. It's just a dude dressed up as Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, and they're going around murdering white kids. If, yeah. if if they're not murdering people named like Christopher Robbins and shit like that, like, is this even worth watching? So the tagline is that they follow it. The, the movie follows Pooh and Piglet as they go on a rampage after Christopher Robin abandons them. So, you know, he's like, Christopher, I'm coming, Christopher. This is going to be murder. so dumb. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch it. Oh, it's going to be so dumb. And they're going to murder everybody in their way. And they're going to, I'm I'm assuming that the end of the movie is just some violent, disturbing, just death with Christopher Robin and Pooh and Piglet just eviscerating him. Yeah, I see that they're leaning into regular horror tropes on this one too, like... You know, super hot chick in a hot tub with her tits floating over water, right? So there's going to be some uh, implications of, like, old horror movies where sex is bad. Don't have sex or you get murdered. Um, that That's pretty accurate, though. That's yeah. what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. This looks super creepy. Um, yeah. So that's... And I and I guess this is why they're doing uh, The Lies of Pete. Although... It feels kind of shit that they have to call it Lies of P because Lies of P is a fucking terrible name. I gotta admit. Yeah, but it, you know what? Like, I didn't care what they called it. When I watched the trailer, I was like, this looks dark. Me either. It looks yeah. wild as fuck. It looks really gruesome. I'm, 
I'm into it. It kind of feels like, I don't know, like, uh, what is that? It feels like Bloodborne or something. Yeah. Um, it gives me those types of vibes, and I was like, I'm I'm all in. I didn't like Bloodborne because I suck at those types of games. I, t- I suck at Souls-like. Oh, awful. Um, I know. I, w- I want to go back and give them a try. Uh, you maybe, should. Maybe after I finish Monster Hunter Rise, which I've been playing a lot of lately. Um, when I say a lot of, I'll play like a couple rounds during the week, but... So the problem is, is like if you're if you're not into if you're not into like those Dark Souls type games, you're probably not going to like this game either, because it's billed as a Souls like. Yeah, no, I I see it. I mean, it's just like, God, what was that a Final Fantasy game that I picked up where they just say chaos a lot? Oh, Strangers of Paradise. Strangers of Paradise. Yeah, it's Souls like as fuck too. Um, but I I enjoy it. I think I think it just takes time to like uh get used to the control style and. Things being a little bit slower. I, I did enjoy Elder Scrolls. Is that what it is? Elder Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Jesus Christ. Elder Scrolls. That's uh Elder Scrolls. That's Bethesda. That's, that's Bethesda. the uh, that's, uh, that's a totally different Skyrim. game. Skyrim. Yeah, that's a totally different game. Uh he's a gamer, y'all, I promise. Uh, I did enjoy Elden Ring until my computer decided it wasn't gonna play it. Um Oh, that's fucked. Yeah. I did pick it up on PS4 through your recommendation so that I can play it on my PS5 and get proper frame rates uh, because that whole fucking weird bullshit. Yeah, it's it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. But I don't know. Uh, I so don't know. It's, it, it, it's going to be kind of similar. So if uh, you need to you need to get up to snuff on your on your souls like gameplay, dude, uh, if not, Lies of P is probably going to be just a terrible experience for you for for a while that's okay but but like you said it is it is kind of bloodborne-esque uh they they do have they do have the same kind of i guess time period i guess you would call it so Mm -hmm. it's technically what they call like bell epoch which is you know late 1880s right up until uh the world war one era so about 1914 so somewhere in around that time frame so it's the same kind of architecture same kind of clothing things like that so it's it's very similar in tone in fact i i could have confused it for bloodborne at some point in time just because of the architecture and things like that same. it's very similar the only difference that i see here is that while it looks like everybody everybody's died from like a plague or something like that so the only thing really left seems to be a whole bunch of these mechanized things so you have like mechanized dogs uh and just kind of like these mechanized humanoid type type beings that are kind of attacking you so i guess that's a little different i i guess i guess attacking robots is cool too but i you know slicing some people open would have been fun i so when when you said the time period it made me think uh a little artistically here because like the bell epic is um commonly referred to as the beautiful epic it's like a very beautiful time uh in french and european history where things just looked awesome yeah uh and it's it's funny to me to take that that type of beauty and transpose it against things like lies of p and bloodborne and just make it like dark and gruesome uh and and kind of like really fuck with it. Uh, I like the juxtaposition there. I mean, because they did. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it Jack the Ripper? Was it was Jack the Ripper around the same time period as well? Ooh, I don't know. 
I guess I can look it up. So they've always had a, a little bit of this just kind of underlying just dread, you know, because it was supposed to be like, yeah, 1888. Like yeah. So like this, this seedy underbelly of what is this beautiful thing. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the, the seedy underbelly of, of society. Mm -hmm. And these games kind of, you know, turn it up to the max where Bloodborne and Liza P seem to kind of focus on this, this thing like a disease or some some sort of force that kind of rises up and either extinguishes or infects the inhabitants and then what you're left with is this uh unnatural or just desolate uh landscape hell yeah yeah so i don't know it the one thing i will say though is i i don't like the, i still don't like the name lies of p it it just sounds weird and I, I this is the first time that i actually saw it so there's an announcement trailer and alpha gameplay so you can see a little bit of the combat and it looks good the combat looks good but man the announcement trailer kind of turned me off just a little bit because the narrator sounds like absolute fucking garbage <laughs> sounds like fucking garbage like this son of a bitch is trying to lead me through the story and trying to get me into it and he's he's not doing a great job what what systems is this coming out on that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, me either. When I, I, when I looked it up, I don't remember seeing something that... Uh... Oh, God. It even says it's the classic story of Pinocchio. I, I literally just could have read that. Um, so it what... looks like it's going to be uh, current-gen platforms. So Steam, PlayStation 5, Series X. Well, that's good. Then, then I'm sure somebody will patch out that narrator's voice like every time that somebody sucks when they're doing voiceovers it might be just part of the it might just be part of the trailer who that's, knows if that's if that's going to be the actual person in the game that's true you know i'm not too worried about it but uh, just please narrator find somebody <laughs> good to find somebody good to to talk about this kind of stuff because it there's a whole bunch of just uh, fucking pinocchio tropes that this guy is trying to sound like super serious you know think about it like everybody's fucking dead there's there's rats crawling out of people's throats out of corpses and shit like that and he's trying to talk about being a real boy you know like <laughs> god damn it do you really have to say shit like that oh man i would i would have been i would have enjoyed if they just toned down the pinocchio shit you know what i mean if he's gonna be a real boy you know fine whatever because you have kind of like the hints of it in the game and Pinocchio seems to have like this cool fucking uh, robot arm. So yeah. that's going to be fucking cool. I guess I just but, never uh, saw any of the combat. I, I think that's why, because the only thing I've seen is the announcement trailer. Mm -hmm. And even in there, they do show Pinocchio. I'm so, I just didn't realize that it was him. He's like his dad standing over, Geppetto standing over Pinocchio, and it shows him with his robot arm. And it's like, I guess, I guess when I watch this, I just did not pick up that vibe at all. I was, I don't know. I was so intrigued by like the robotic, like uh, bronze figures and shit, like all over the place, like the destruction, just the. Yeah, no, 100%. This, this Castlevania looking bullshit going on. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I missed all of that. I missed every single bit of that. It's so it weird. Looks, it, yeah. And um, I'm hoping that 
when Gamescom rolls around next week, we get a little bit more. Uh, the alpha gameplay trailer that they showed off, it it does seem to be, I I want to say not quite Dark Souls esque. It does seem a little bit faster paced as mm-hmm. far as uh, as far as action goes because there seems to be a combination of so I guess the mechanized arm is I guess casting spells or something like that so mm-hmm. maybe just things to enhance enhance in combat uh, and then you know you slice them up with the other hand so it does look like it's going to be faster paced but I can see where the Dark Souls vibe comes from because it does appear that they're going to be large enemies that aren't going to be just something that you slice twice and then just move on. You're probably going to have an extended battle in order to get past those kind of creatures. Okay. So I think, I think, I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I I think, I mean, dark souls plus faster gameplay. It sounds like right up my alley. Um, I think that's why like I've leaned so heavily and I know this is not Dark Souls, but like I've leaned so heavily into Monster Hunter Rise versus World, which we've talked about before. I just I like the zippy gameplay that like anime bullshit style. Um and I want to feel like super overpowered when I play games sometimes. So you should probably try Sekiro. I I have it. I haven't I haven't fucked with it yet. I've I've heard that, that game's badass. Yeah, you should try Sekiro, dude, because hmm. Sekiro, what, what it changes from the um, from the Souls formula is that you don't worry about getting different different weapons. As far as, like, main weapons, you don't worry about getting gear, shit like that, because the blade that you use can essentially one-hit kill most of the, most of the fodder that you find throughout the game. So oh, shit. If you, and you start, off, you start off the game with a fucking hook shot. So yeah. you're zipping around the world. And if you can find yourself behind an enemy, you know, you, you just can stab them in the back yeah. and you win, you know? So the only thing that you really have to worry about is the, are the boss battles and some of the mid boss battles. Those are the extended ones that you're going to have to deal with. But outside of that, you know, you're zipping and flying around everywhere. Dude. I'll, I'll probably end up playing that, that game similar to like how you would play like Tenchu back in the day, the <laughs> stealth assassin, assassin game. Uh, I, love, I mean, you're, I love being yeah. stealthy. So, and you're very encouraged to do that. Hell you're very yeah. encouraged to do that because there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of environmental things that you can use to to hide yourself with mm-hmm. in order to kind of read the enemy patterns and see you know their patrols and things like that. So that way, you know, they just patrol right past you, and you just walk up and just you know stab them in the back, toss them aside, and you know continue on. Hmm. All right. And you do, ha- yeah, you do have the ability to go to go ham if you really want to, but you don't have to. You can sneak around. I, that's what I did when I played. I snuck around everywhere. I didn't give a fuck. Damn. All right. So I've only watched people uh, speed run the game. So like, oh, yeah. my my view of the game was super uh, shifted probably in the wrong direction then. Completely. I mean, even with the Dark Souls speed runs, people just, just fucking fly through the game. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. Yeah. Same thing, just watching enemy patrol patterns getting uh, a good angle on them getting up there and there's you know an instant kill mechanic in Sekiro for sure Hmm. so you just use that it's it's a really fun game really fun I don't I don't know how to transition into this next one because it's completely different than what we've talked about before it's super Um, different it's yeah so this is so this next topic is essentially the the biggest news probably out of this last week and this is 
this is probably why it's it's going to be as long as it is. So Embracer Group. Embracer Group is probably one of the largest video game-centric companies in the world at the moment. I want to say they're... I want to say that they're probably even bigger than Microsoft at this point. Jesus. So they're just a large, I think they're a large, I think they're a large Chinese investment company. Kind of like Tencent? Kind of like Tencent. Well, no, no, I take it back. I think the Embracer Group is Swedish. Are they Swedes? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because everybody on their side is a bunch of white people. So, Yeah, so they are Swedes. So they own everybody, dude. They own fucking everybody. So maybe, maybe not as big as Microsoft in the fact that they don't buy these huge, huge studios, but they are gobbling up anybody. Like if they're teams of five people, they're gobbling these people up. So on August 18th, they announced just a fuck ton of people that they had bought out. And there's there's some interesting acquisitions. So Definitely some stuff video game related, but there's also an IP in here that you might be might be surprised to find out that they purchased. So Embracer organizes themselves in operation groups, right? Okay. So prior to this, they had 10. So now they have 11 operating groups and Embracer is calling this group free mode. So there are a couple of market segments that free mode is going to be focusing on. So retro classic heritage gaming and entertainment, game development and production, devices, gear, collectibles, community stuff, e-commerce stuff, uh, technology, incubation, production services. And this is all wrapped up into kind of like a retro classic gaming sphere. I feel like they missed the fucking... They missed their name. They they should have called themselves No Clip. Well, then they're probably going to get in trouble from the No Clip documentary folks. Oh, we'll get fucked then. Never mind. Free mode, I guess, is the next best thing. <laughs> I just felt like since they're just gobbling up nothing but like all this classic gaming stuff, like it just made sense, right? But anyways, honestly, that would have been a way better name than Free Mode. Yeah, Free way Mode sounds name. like a Game Shark hack. It does. Yeah. Well, free mode is also as, uh, so there's a, I forgot what it's, I forgot what it's called. They could have called themselves free play. I don't know if that name was taken. Sure. So free play is what happens when a arcade operator goes into the dip switch settings and turns off the ability to pay to play the game. So it basically turns on a free play mode where you can press the player one, player two button, and you can just go in and play no matter what. Essentially Magfest. Yeah. Essentially Magfest. Yeah. So, so we have this free mode, free mode group, and there's a whole bunch of companies that are being gobbled up to, to actually form this free mode group. So, excuse me. So in the announcement of this free mode group, they actually disclosed a few acquisitions inside of it. So the first one was what they're calling the Toplan catalog. So Toplan was a developer in the mid 80s and early 90s of arcade games. Oh. So these motherfuckers created a whole bunch of side scrolling and horizontal shoot 'em up games. They also did uh, a game called Snow Brothers, 
which is kind of like a bubble bobble-esque kind of game, except you throw snowballs and shit. So it's it's kind of like an old, probably not not very profitable group uh, or a, a catalog of games to purchase, but they did. And then after that acquisition, they also acquired their first Japanese studio, Tatsujin. So Tatsujin is headed, is headed by a guy called Masahiro Yuji mm-hmm. and other members who are actually a part of the Toplan team back in the day. So you have this catalog of games created in the mid 80s and early 90s, and now you're bringing it back together with some of the original developers because Toplan went out of business in 94. They, they, uh, they declared bankruptcy. But now they're taking the catalog and the original development team and they're bringing them back together after fucking like 20 years, Holy which is kind of crazy. Like, honestly, it kind of feels cool. It does to feel see cool. that. Yeah. To be like, yo, hey, I remember back in the day, like you had these cool ass games. Tell you what, I know that company went bankrupt like 30 years ago. I bought that motherfucker. Here you go. You have them again. You know what I mean? So that's kind of cool. Uh, so like I said, Snow Brothers, uh, Tiger Heli, which I remember on the NES, Flying Shark, which was supposed to be a really good, uh, I think it's a vertical shoot 'em up and another one, which was super popular back in the early 2000s, Zero Wing. Ooh, and if you don't know bitch. what Zero Wing is, it's where the all your base are belong to us came from. Yep. So that whole thing that came, that was a meme back in the day was like the meme of memes, the origination of memes where and Where everything shit. is based off of, uh, essentially uh 90s uh sci-fi u.s sci-fi horror type of stuff like alien and stuff like that yep the whole vibe embracer group now owns all your base art belong to us now oh nice so you got that then you got a company called bitwave games so bitwave games is a swedish studio with a passion for retro games is what they're saying so what they're going to do is they're going to take this Bitwave Games people and they're going to expand them because they're currently a developer. They're expanding them to be a publisher. So what they're going to be publishing is all those Toplan games that they purchased so they can release it on PC. That's what's so up. You're taking, you're taking all these old arcade games and they're buying the company so they own the developers, they own the catalog of games that they created, and now they have another studio who, is going to, who are going to make PC ports of this game. That's cool fact, as fuck. And in fact, they're also releasing a game soon from the NES called Gimmick. So uh, Gimmick, if you don't know, is was a late NES and Famicom game that is a really solid, amazing game, which goes from anywhere from about $1,000 to $1,500 if you try to purchase it on cartridge form these days. <gasps> Dude, I remember Gimmick. Yeah. Oh, dude, gimmick fucked. It's a super it awesome was, game. It was essentially like Kirby plus like Star Tropics type of vibe. Something like it, because you used to throw stars and it yeah. bounces and you can ride the star and shit like that. Yeah. It was, this was like late uh, in the Nintendo's lifespan. Uh, Very late. 1992. Very late. Yeah, super fucking late. Almost, uh, almost a decade into the uh, Nintendo's yeah Damn actually near, yeah yeah, yeah uh, literally a decade uh of the nintendo being out yeah so so there is a there is a there is a special edition 
of the gimmick game that's coming out. And I believe it's being released in like a, a month or so. So uh, it's coming. So it looks like it looks like the the Embracer group before they officially announced this free mode uh, operation group uh, looks like they're they're essentially heading in that direction already. So they're basically consolidating everything into into this entity. And they're going to be moving forward with it, which means it's it's probably they're probably going to be doing some more retro stuff. So if you're if you're into having all of these games being re-released on modern platforms, Embracer Group seems like this is exactly what they're going to be doing. Hmm. So on top of the Bitwave games, people, uh, they have Geotech. So Geotech is a leading accessory brand stationed in Europe. For Americans, probably the most similar company you can think of is Power A. So Power A essentially offers cheaper alternative to first party accessories. So if you don't want to buy a Switch Pro controller for like 80 bucks, 70 bucks, you can buy a Power A controller for like 30. Yep. You know, it's wired and shit like that, but who cares? If you want to get the wireless version, I want to say that it's like 40 bucks for Power A. Hmm. So it's a similar type of brand. So it like I said, they are they are essentially getting in there, getting their hands into every every little piece of the market. So, and again, like I was saying, um, Toe Plan games like Snow Brothers, it's a thousand dollar game, dude. So uh, it's already available. So you can actually buy Snow Brothers. There is a special Snow Brothers, like Nick and Tom special edition that was released on the Nintendo Switch, I think last month. So you can find that on on Amazon for like 30 bucks right now. So it essentially is like a remake of the original Snow Brothers game. Uh, gimmick is, as I said, is a thousand dollar Famicom game. Uh, there was never a version released in the U.S. Only on the PAL region, and that's fifteen hundred bucks if you want to get like a complete in box copy. The the Snow Brothers uh, fucking game art is crazy looking. Yeah, like this is wild. These guys. We're on some wild shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, when they made these games back in the day, it's it's similar to I think Rainbow Islands. So mm. if you so Bubble Bobble was like the the early early iteration of of game state a game style like this. Yep. And then they had Rainbow Islands with these these assholes like shooting rainbows out of their ass or some shit like that. <laughs> and then uh, Snow Brothers is essentially the same formula except you're you're throwing snowballs. Yeah. So you know throwing snowballs to like. You uh, you throw snowballs at enemies. The snowball builds up until they're like fully encased in the snowball, and then I think you roll it or some shit into other enemies. And you know they they explode into fruit. Like what happens whenever you get into a car accident? Everybody explodes into fruit. Yeah. So and that's why you don't ever find any bodies anymore when you see car accidents because the EMS workers just come and that's how they eat, right? Because they they don't pay them a lot, so they have they don't to, pay them a lot. Yeah, yeah. They got to take it home. They yeah. Gotta, they got to eat. They got to eat people fruit. Yeah. I don't be the so, guy who has to eat the banana. God damn. It's full of potassium. Fuck you. So, <laughs> so you're hearing all of this and you're like, yeah, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. Well, they also acquired limited run games. So if you are a fan of physical games, they now own limited run games, the same limited run games that you order your physical copy of river city girls. Yeah. You know, the same people that you probably bought the TMNT shredders, like fucking uh, whatever edition for like 300 bucks, the same people, 
So now they own those bastards. They also own the physical location over in Cary, North Carolina. That's, that's part of Embracer Group now. That's fucking wild. So, so like when when I look at Embracer Group, yeah. like they own THQ Nordic, yeah, uh, uh, Plavion, uh, Coffee Stain, fucking Amplifier, Saber, Deca, Gearbox Entertainment, Did Easy they own Coffee Stain. Yeah, I didn't know that. All right. Yeah. So the fucking Goat Sim dudes. Yeah. Uh, as Modi, I don't know the fuck that is. Uh, Dark Horse Media, they own Dark Horse. Yeah, and then Free Mode. Um, so like Free Mode's the new one, right? But th- yeah, this, the Free is, Mode is yeah. This is bananas of all of like the the groups that they own. Uh, mm-hmm. so like you're gonna you're gonna start to see all of this old shit like now that they own limited run games coming back yeah. in like physical media, dude. So they, and on the European side, so a lot of the stuff that some of these companies that Embracer acquired, mm-hmm. when they release a physical version of the game, I want to say that the Snow Brothers, if you wanted to get like a special edition of Snow Brothers game, instead of just like the plain Nintendo Switch version, you had it ordered off a European uh, company website called, I think, Special Reserve Games. Okay. So now what it does is essentially enter them into the American market. So Americans don't have to fucking order something from fucking Europe and then, you know, pay 20 pounds to have it shipped to the U.S. Yeah. So now they have an entry point in limited run games. So whenever they do releases, Europeans go through special reserve games. Americans go through limited run games. You're going to get the same shit. You probably save yourself a little bit of money and not have to worry about getting stuff shipped internationally. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, that's that's fucking fantastic. I feel like this is kind of a win for us uh, as long as... As long as limited run games gets to operate similar to like how they're already operating. Right. And the interesting thing about their limited run games acquisition is that they specifically called out the limited run games carbon engine. So the carbon engine is a multi-platform emulator who is designed by modern vintage gamer, who is the old school um, developer who released emulators on the, uh, xbox mm-hmm. back when the xbox was a huge platform for running like homebrew and things like yeah, that i think we talked about this in a previous episode that with yeah. that dude yeah. so so this motherfucker he is i don't know if he is the only developer or if he's the lead developer on the carbon engine um digital foundry did do an interview with him i, I want to say i think last year mm-hmm. about his uh about his development work on that carbon engine because the shante release that limited run games put out that was the game boy color version he basically did the development on that it was oh. a kind of a proof of concept and he showed that it could be done he could do it accurately things like that and he talked about doing weird shit like making sure that the audio was played back accurately compared to the actual hardware yeah so he was doing crazy things to make sure the audio engine and the carbon engine was mimicking the same thing that the Game Boy Color hardware was doing. So yeah, which is it's supposed to be yeah, it's which, supposed to be super highly accurate. I I didn't realize that that um games sound differently when they're emulated on like current machines and current tech versus how they actually sounded like Sega Genesis games. Just they yeah. don't sound the same when you emulate them uh because it was hardware uh essentially that created the the sound. Yeah. And I, from what I remember with the Genesis, 
the Mega Drive in in Europe. Yeah, is the they had a very specific, uh, they had very specific audio processor mm-hmm. to actually do the music, and they had a very basic SDK in order to, for them to have developer set up and actually uh, write music for the game. And a lot of this stuff was, I don't want to know, I don't think it's, it was similar to like tracking, uh, tracking music like you do with MIDI or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It could be similar to that. But again, like you were saying, if they didn't accurately emulate the, the chip, the sound chip, then of course it wasn't going to sound exactly the same. And it could be that there were some developers who even did maybe some undocumented code in order to make like very special sound effects or or cause the sound chip to do things that it wasn't necessarily meant to do. So because of like those kind of unknowns, it's really hard to create accurate emulation off of stuff like that because you don't know what was going through the minds of these developers when they were creating a game because it's not like they were just dropping an MP3 file and that was it. Yeah, it was all it was all created in the in the code, which is fucking bananas. Yeah. So so it seems like it seems like the free mode group, Embracer, they're gonna be using this carbon engine to do what exactly they said this group is gonna be set out to do, which is to bring some of these old titles. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sounds like they're gonna be utilizing maybe some like NES games, Game Boy games, something around that time period. And they're going to be releasing them probably through channels like limited run games hmm. in the future. So by, by itself, a lot of these companies don't really make a whole bunch of sense, but when you kind of bring them all together, it kind of seems like they're about to do something big because, you know, physical game collecting is out of control. Is about right as, now. It's about as popular as, as I would say collecting vinyl is, you know what I mean? So there's a lot of people who got, really used to streaming all of their music, you know, downloading their music and things like that. And now vinyl is super huge. Yeah. Owning a physical copy of the music, whether or not it's in the best, the best form for you to listen to, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just having something in your hands, you know, viewing the artwork, putting it on something, pressing place you could listen to people kind of enjoy that process. And I think free mode kind of recognizes that and we're going to be seeing a lot more of this stuff. Well, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to be nostalgic about a digital item, right? That is true. Uh, I mean, like as humans, we, we, we interact with things very specifically with our eyes and our fucking hands. Like, so sight and touch are huge for us. Um, and I, I think that's like why, you know, uh, you know, like we are the way that we are having like these giant game collections or how sneaker yeah. heads are the same way that they are. Like everything has to be put together. Everything has to be on the wall. Like they want to get it out. They want to touch the leather. Like it, it's the same thing, man. I, I'm glad that they're doing this as uh, I'm positive. This is going to be good for us uh, as game collectors um, in terms of like, we're going to be eating good, but I, don't I know. think so. It would it they're, they're going to take advantage of us for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna pay out the ass whether we whether we like it or not. And I, I there, there's definitely some there's definitely some some arguments you can make that uh, well, especially like back in the day, limited run games used to be exactly that limited run. Yeah, you used to used to have only two opportunities to to pre order a limited run games title back in the day. 
So you would have in the morning, you, as soon as they would, uh, those games would go live, you had to be there yep. first thing, hit that order button and check out because those things would usually sell out within the first five minutes. And if you didn't catch that, then you had to wait like four hours for another pre-order window to open. And if you didn't make it then, you just didn't fucking get the game. Yeah. That was it. Limited Run now does open pre-orders for like a month or so. So now you have an entire month to pre-order a game if you want to. You can have an entire month to pre-order the specialist edition if you want to. So a lot of arguments that, you know, it's it kind of is essentially taking advantage of maybe like the fear of missing out, the FOMO effect. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not as bad as it used to be, but it still gives you like a very limited amount of time to go in and order something that you might want because if you're not the kind of person to keep track of all of this shit, then you're going to you're going to miss out and you know potentially if you go to eBay you can see that some of these games are probably going for four or five times the amount that you would have paid if you had gone through limited run games yep but it is what it is you could obviously still buy the the digital version if you want to and so i think with embracer coming in and giving them a uh, influx of cash i think it just means that the possibility of these people going under if they fuck up something or if the retro market kind of cools down a bit, that they have potentially a longer lifespan going forward. And maybe we, in fact, are going to get some games that we might not have previously. So more product, a uh, longer lifespan of just this ownership of some of these games. And in fact, like let's say that the PS6, the next Xbox, and the next Switch, well... I. I take it back. If they don't come with like a disc drive or a cart slot, then it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. But I guess if there's some games that are going to be digital only, then they can still cut a deal with limited run games or the yep. Embracer group and have it released as a physical copy. Yep. So there's still that possibility. And I think that just benefits people who love physical uh, versions of games. And you don't have to purchase it if you don't want to. You know, if you think it's not worth the 40 bucks, compared to like the, you know, the $20 that you would have to pay for digital only, then, you know, it is what it is. Let us have fun too, please. Yeah. <laughs> Let the physical guys, uh, at least, at yeah. least keep getting the shit that we like. Right. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. So that's, it's a, it's, it is a little scary, but I, I am confident that they are going to not entirely fuck it up. So <laughs> let's hope that they don't, man. Uh, so that's only half of the stuff okay. that they acquired during this time time period. They acquired some some people called Sing Tricks. Sing Tricks. Mm -hmm. So Sing Tricks is run by a guy called John Deveca. Mm -hmm. Never heard of the guy, but apparently this guy has been around a while. He's produced some patents related to music and gaming, uh, which ended up being purchased by Activision. And you know what Activision did with it? They created a game called Guitar Hero. So this dude has patents, which were eventually used in Guitar Hero, which is probably one of the biggest music game series ever. Yeah, and he did, so, he didn't sell the patent; he just allowed them to use it. So they play they pay royalties. I'm I'd imagine because you don't. Sell. I think he sold it. I think he sold them completely. God damn! What a fucking what a bad well, if move. You, if you think about it, uh, where's Guitar Hero now? So maybe he made out. I don't know. Yeah, true. So I, after the whole Guitar Hero thing, um, 
finished off or whatever. Uh, he actually left Activision and he's now uh, founded that Sing Singtrix company. Um, as far as I can tell, it seems that they're involved with like karaoke hardware. So I love karaoke. I love drinking trash cans. So Same. I would assume that some of the stuff that we use is probably a Singtrix product. I've I've been dying for another legit karaoke night. Like me too. I I think about it every other day. Like no shit. I'm just like I cannot wait to go out and just scream some Pearl Jam lyrics into a fucking microphone, uh, slam some fucking beers, and act like you know I know what I'm doing and having a good time. Goddamn right. Yeah. Goddamn right. If they release some good karaoke games, goddamn. <laughs> God damn it, dude. I'm I'm so in. Because I mean, so I'm not into them, but every time we go to MacFest, some of the some of the longest lines in the machines are those fucking uh, the game. The, those the music rhythm games. Yeah. yeah, the music rhythm games. The fucking drum, the fucking uh finger uh yeah. bullshit. Have you seen the new uh I, I saw I saw it for the first time. So DDR and pump it up. Um, you know, they got the big squares on the tile. Mm-hmm. Now they have one where it's a big L LCD platform. So there's no buttons and there's colors that run across and it's, it's a shuffle. You know what shuffling is, right? Like it's an EDM no. dance style. Anyways, it's like a lot of kicking your feet around and shit. Um, now they have a, a shuffle game where it's DDR, but you literally have to fucking dance. You have to know how to dance to play it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And if you don't know how to dance, it kind of teaches you how to like shuffle uh, to beats and shit. Um, where DDR was, you know, just playing, you know, a controller with your feet. Yeah. This this is a legit dance game. Not like, uh, God, what is that shit? Uh, let's move or something move or. Yeah. So I don't know. It's funny that it's funny that you say that because I didn't, I actually took this out of the, out of the notes, but Mm -hmm. he was the creator of an arcade game called like MTV drum beat or some shit. Oh shit. Okay. So yeah. So that's it. That's within his wheelhouse. Yeah. So my, my assumption is that sing tricks is going to be a part of that kind of thing. So you're probably going to be able to find, stuff from the embracer group inside of like your dave and busters and shit like that your main events yikes so i have a feeling that this is where you're going to find a lot of these games dude dave and busters is falling the fuck off that shit is just mobile games uh, on arcade systems now it really is i, it, I know it's, it's literally like six back-to-back cabinets of like cut the rope <laughs> <laughs> and a fucking fruit ninja and, yeah fruit ninja fucking subway surfer it, it, that's all it is Ugh. it's bad uh, all right hey by the way uh dave and busters if you listen to this uh you can sponsor us for i don't know literally any money and we'll say better things open about bar you. just yeah. do an open bar, open bar right. dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's shit. Oh, exactly man. so they acquired right. a bunch of other shit in here too uh so if you were concerned about limited run games mm-hmm. you might be concerned about this so this one was this one was kind of off the wall i did not expect this out of everything Mm-hmm. This was what I not expected. So these motherfuckers bought Middle Earth Enterprises from the Saul Zantz company. This blows and my mind because they fucking the f- Yeah. The J.R.R. Tolkien whole landscape right now is so expensive. I know. I cannot believe that they let this license go to these dudes. I 
yeah, like I was thinking, like, there's no way, there's no way, like they probably, they probably bought like Frodo's left nutsack or something like yeah. that. There's no way they bought all of. He has two nutsacks. Like <laughs> he has two. He's gonna sell them both. <laughs> there's no way that they acquired Lord of the fucking Rings. But yeah, they now have the ownership of the worldwide exclusive rights to only certain elements of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, but what a bunch of fucking elements they are. Okay. So they own the names of the characters from The uh, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, the names of the places, the objects and events within those places. They even own short phrases and sayings. So this doesn't include the, the simulacrum and all the other books that J.R.R. Tolkien put together that are inside of that world. No. This is only so those, this is, the Hobbit yes, and Lord of the Rings, okay. Hobbit and Lord of the Ring. So essentially, if you're going to have anything involving the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings, if you use any of the fucking characters, any of the, the proper places inside of it, or even an event that happened in that world, you gotta pay up to these motherfuckers. Or, you gotta pay up to the Embracer Group. Now. Or you shall not pass. You shall. Uh, you can't say that. They're gonna charge us for that shit. <laughs> they probably own that now. That's fucking wild. Yeah. How do you? How are you allowed to own a phrase? I don't even think Mariah Carey can be called the Queen of Christmas. Like she's still fighting for that fucking that phrase. Uh. I didn't think you're allowed to know. own phrases. Maybe I guess because, because they the own it in in respect to a wizard saying that to some hobbits. Yeah, I yeah, guess it's probably exactly. contextual. So, but they don't own the rights to the actual Warner Brother games, though, right? So that no, they do own the rights. In fact, Warner Brothers is now going to have to license those rights from Embracer Group. God damn! Yeah. So, so Middle or Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor, Middle Earth, Shadow of War are using the characters. They're using places, objects, and events within them. And they're probably using some of the sayings too. They have to pay a license fee to, well, they were paying it to the Saul Zantz company, but now they're paying it to the Embracer group whenever their, their uh, come up comes again. Yeah. They own that shit now. That's fucking wild. If, if they want to make a movie, with Lord of the Rings, they have to license those rights from oh. the Embracer Group. Oh, are uh, they having? Are they? Is Amazon paying these guys now? They would have to pay these guys now. Oh, yes. dude, these guys just made out like bandits. Yes, they own the worldwide exclusive rights to the Hobbit and Lord of the Who Rings. Who would sell those rights? I just Who do knows? not understand why you would sell those rights. I mean, I would probably sell my sister if somebody came with a dump truck full of money and just dumped it in front of my house and was like, here's $15 billion. I'd be like, you could do whatever you want. Take her. I didn't I love her that her. much anyway. I'm, I'm going to be a billionaire for the rest of my life. I don't care what my family thinks. I have $15 billion. I will, I'll pay somebody to care for me. Yeah, I'll buy an... I'll buy a state <laughs> and I'll, I'm going to buy all of Colorado. Um, Jesus Christ. And the list keeps going on, man. They just own so much shit now. They own. Yeah. So tuxedo, tuxedo labs. labs. 
So this one I didn't know about. I, I remember hearing about Tuxedo Labs, but I didn't know until I looked a little bit further. So, mm-hmm. so this is led by some dude called Dennis Gustafson. He is the super smart motherfucker who is focused on physics-driven gameplay. Okay. And I didn't know what that meant. That sounded super fucking stupid. But then I found out Tuxedo Labs released a game called Teardown earlier this year <gasps> in April of 2022. Well, that's not the... T- I, I'm thinking Tearaway. So Teardown is a heist game. So you're tasked to performing a heist, and you're put in a voxel world that is fully destructive. Hmm. So you can get a fucking backhoe, and you could just tear through the building to get into that safe or whatever. Damn. It's actually super fucking cool. It's actually super fucking cool. You need to check it out if you haven't. Yeah, I haven't heard of this. So this game has over 45,000 Steam reviews, all overwhelmingly positive. It oh, is when you said it was crazy. voxel, I expected it to look like a voxel game. It does not look like a voxel no, game. Very high density voxels. Yeah, this looks right? this looks so good. It's so good, right? Forty-four and a half thousand overwhelmingly positive. All reviews recently a thousand five hundred positive reviews, yeah. and it's 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 only been out since April twenty first. I mean, like this is bananas. Yeah, it's super fucking cool. It's super fucking cool. It has water physics. It has all kinds of fucking shit, dude. Oh, I've been sleeping on this. This yeah. is this is not even that expensive. It's twenty bucks. <laughs> and it's and it's multiplayer. Is it multiplayer? I didn't know about the wait, multiplayer. Wait, 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 wait. No, I see single player. I okay. thought I, I thought All I saw right. oh. I, I thought I saw something that said multiplayer. Let me let me look. Teardown game multiplayer. I I thought if it's multiplayer, can you play Teardown multiplayer? No. Okay. Easy answer. Thanks. Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. This looks crazy, and so they own this now too. So yep, now they have they now. a crazy physics engine that they can do whatever the fuck they want with. Essentially. Yeah. So this just beer that, is so they, fucking, by the way. I, I'm on my second one. Are so you? yeah. So I went with the tiny S's and then I went with I think uh I don't know, it was like Dragon Cum or whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. It's you, a, it's another sour beer. You might have to pay pay rights to uh to these guys for that dragon cum. God damn it. Mm. You hate to hear it. <sighs> Fucking embrace the group, man. They own everything. You're going to have to watch yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No more Jeez. no more chugging loads. No more. Well. Well, regular loads, but not dragon <laughs> loads or hobbit <laughs> loads. Dwarf loads. So, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's keep going. Yeah. We've already, we've hit the, we've hit the dwarf load section of the podcast. So <laughs> we need to get, we need to get over that hump. Yeah. And power through it. So there are two more acquisitions that Embracer Group has, okay. one that we know of and one that we don't. The next one that we know of is Tripwire Interactive. So Tripwire are the developers of Killing Floor, which is kind of a, a Left 4 Dead-esque kind of mm-hmm. game. So you get, you know, a group of people, you go slaughtering zombies and shit. I think you're like, uh, in this one, you are setting up uh, traps or something like that to uh, to keep them in like certain locations or trying to get them to like not swarm in certain places or something. I forget. I haven't played Killing Floor in a long time. Uh, they also own, or 
tripwired our developers of Rising Storm and Maneater, uh, which I haven't played. I believe Maneater is like a, a shark RPG or something like that. Something weird. Yeah. And it's it's uh-huh. relatively new too. Uh, May twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Got okay. a lot of positive reviews as well. Not as many as Teardown. Uh, no, but uh, it seems to be doing well. And Tripwire is finally is finally a publisher. So the I think one of the recent games they've published, Chivalry Two. Hmm. So Chivalry Two. I remember I had an interview with like an Apple dude or something like that, and he was super fucking excited for Chivalry. So. <laughs> So, so there, there were, were probably the kind of nerds that would be into chivalry. So a lot of, lot of stuff. So this, is, this would be more aimed or, along the kind of like a modern uh, social, you know, 4v4 uh, type of game. Uh, and then finally, Embracer said that they have entered in an agreement to purchase a company within the PC and console gaming space. But for commercial reasons... They are not announcing it. They're not announcing the name of the company this time. Hmm. Seems so, kind of weird. It is kind of weird. So apparently there's some strategic reason why they're not going to name this company. And in their, in their documents, they said that out of all these acquisitions that they announced, and this is all within the same day. This is not like over the period of a couple of days. This was all within the same day. They are saying that this acquisition, this company, that they're not naming is probably the third or fourth on the list of the most expensive acquisitions that they've made. Ooh. So out of all the ones that we listed, limited run games, um, toe plan, Bitwave, geotech, sing tricks, tuxedo labs, tripwire, fucking middle earth. Out of all of them, this company is going to be ranked third or fourth in the amount of money that they're paying to, acqu- to acquire them. And we still don't know what it is. And I'm assuming they're going to tell us later about it, about who it is. So maybe it's, maybe the reason they're not telling us is because it's, it's bigger than we think. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's wild. Yeah, they, they, they made this wide sweep that again, when I just, when I just looked at this stuff, I was like, none of this shit makes any sense. But as you like kind of, kind of go through it, you're like all these old companies, these old developers, this, this company that actually uh, publishes games and gets them out and like releasing fucking retro style games, all this stuff. And then middle earth, like what the fuck, like, what are they going to do with that? Like, I don't know, man. To be ranked up there with buying the JRR token uh, character license, uh, it's got to be huge. It has to be. Got to be huge. It has to be. Yeah. No, 100%. So it's it's crazy that they're not going to talk about who it is, but I'm I can't assuming wait to this hear. is, yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be part of this free mode group. There's, I mean, I can only think of one studio that I guess would fit within this group, and that would be uh, Night Dive Studios. What do they make? So Night Night Dive Studios uh, do do some um, some older games. I think they've done uh, they've done a remaster of an old game like from the '64 called like Shadow Man or something like that. Oh uh, shit, shit, shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That just got released done, uh, earlier this year, or last year. Yeah. Uh, I think Night Dive is also, they also did a Quake 
uh, re-release. So okay. they they released Quake for the um, Switch and... for like PS4 and Switch and stuff like yep. that. Uh, and I think they are also doing speaking of uh, which the system System Shock. I think they're doing a, a remaster of the original System Shock. It's a QuakeCon sale on Steam right now. So there's like a lot of like the old uh, Doom and Quake and all that other shit up there. Uh, Elder Scrolls, all the Bethesda shit. And you'll see that also uh, reflected in uh, uh, the Nintendo Switch shop. Mm. So so if you guys are missing out on some of those games, like like what you talked about on the first episode, uh, Ghostwire is on sale for 50% off right now. Uh, as well as the soundtrack, and I heard that's a total banger. You got Evil Within, all those games. Um, Hell yeah, are up there. Like, just figured I'd throw it in since we're talking about Quake. There's just hella fucking good games up right now. For fucking get them, guys. Yeah. Just get them. So, so that so Night Dive Studios is the only the only thing I can think of because if you look at their catalog, mm-hmm. they're essentially all games from '90s and below. Think maybe early two thousands, early two thousands. I they even have they even have some some old like uh, full motion video games like back when we were still in sprites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and a CD drives became became a thing. So they had like the Seventh Guest, the Eleventh Hour, Bad Mojo. So a lot of those games were full motion video clips, mm-hmm. and basically it was like a choose your own adventure. Like you know you're you. You press a button, you get, you have a video clip that plays you walking towards the stairs, and then you can uh, like go left or right or go up the stairs. It basically just plays a video clip of you walking up whenever you press a button. So they're doing all of that shit, and it would make total sense if these motherfuckers were to get bought out by Embracer. They're just not talking about it yet. Hmm. So, so that's Embracer Group. Just a lot of, a lot of small companies getting gobbled up. It's wild, man. We got a lot of blasts from the past uh, and, and with Embracer Group like pulling in with all this old shit, some new shit. Uh, mm-hmm. We got another blast from the past here, which is kind of wild. We talked about this earlier. The Dead yeah. Island 2 uh, being accidentally leaked on the Amazon listing. Uh, I thought this game was already fucking out. I, I had no idea. Me uh, either. Because <laughs> they announced this motherfucker... Forever ago, but I'll let you. I'll let you. Yeah. I'll let you walk us through all of the news. But uh, I'm I'm blown away by what <laughs> what the fuck is in here. So, Wario sixty four, yeah. the great Wario sixty four. He actually tweeted out that Amazon had actually put up a listing for Dead Island two. Okay, so there was actually already a listing for Dead Island two that had a just kind of a throwaway uh, release date of like December thirty first, twenty twenty two, listed mm-hmm. on it. Uh, I believe it was only like for PS4 and Xbox One or something like that. That's because of how old this this game is, uh, because it was really originally announced in 2014. So apparently they put up a new listing for the PS5 versions of the game, and they actually had some information about the game that we hadn't known about. And Amazon obviously pulled it down. I, I have a feeling this is probably related to uh, Gamescom next week, so it'll probably come back up in the next in the next couple of days. Um, but uh dead island 2 like you said i thought it was released already but if if you're not if you're not familiar with the dead island series you should at least play the first one because when that game was released 
in, I think it was like 2012, 2011, they had a CGI, uh, kind of like a teaser trailer for the game. It's probably one of the greatest game trailers that has ever been released. Yeah. Like no fucking lie. No fucking lie. And people shit all over it. Well, maybe not people. I want to say maybe like news outlets, gaming news outlets, shit, shit all over the teaser trailer because it really has nothing to do with the game. Not a fucking thing, dude. Not I, a fucking thing. I got baited by that teaser trailer uh, in all of... I never watched any gameplay trailers. I, I just watched the hype trailers for that game. I bought it and it came out and I was like, this is a fucking first, per- first person RPG, essentially. Something in a, like in that. A, in a zombie scenario. And I was... Yeah. I expected Left for Dead, but in a bright, sunny area. And I was super pumped for a new Left 4 Dead style game. And it just, it's not that. I mean, it's close. It's, it's close, not. but it's its yeah. definitely not the same. It No, it, it really isn't the same at all. At it's it's story-based, right? Like, yeah. you, you go and you have to, like, find keys and, like, open doors and try to get off the island and all this other shit, but... Yeah, but you no. Have, you it's... have stats and upgrades and all this other stuff. Yeah, so like I don't I don't know if like I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call it a role playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can upgrade stats and shit like that, but to call it role playing, uh that's maybe it's a, a bridge too far. Yeah, it's just a little stretch. But yeah, it's but other but outside of that, just just the experience of watching that trailer before the game came out, so fucking good. I was so in, dude. I was, I was so, so in. fucking in. If like I think I, I watched it again, uh during research for this for this podcast, I almost fucking cried. It's such a good fucking trailer. You, you know, we we are so close to October. I want us, yeah. I want us to have a just a fucking horror episode where we just just where we just talk about the best fucking horror games. We release that shit early October. And just have a fucking have a fucking ball with it, dude. You you down? Yeah. So it's it's actually interesting that you said that. I've actually been acquiring some horror games. Same. So I recently got uh, Silent Hill for the PS One. Oh. I have Silent Hill Two for the Xbox, not the PS Two that I want. Uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the money for Silent Hill Three and Four. The room in the next. Yeah. So I'm gonna be spending there. Those are, those are like, those are like $150, $200 games right now. Oh, shit. Yeah. So I'm going to be spending some, some time to acquire them because I want to go through like a full horror game run. So that is, that is absolutely fucking perfect. Dude, I'm in. I'm I'm so in. I'm in. I'm in too. Oh my God. Oh, all right. All right. Let's keep talking. So Dead Island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Dead Island. Yeah. Like you said, first person action role playing game. Um, (laughs) So, so Dead Island 2 was originally announced in 2014, like we said, mm-hmm. and it's kind of been in development hell since then. So it's been through three different developers. First one was Jaeger Development. Uh, they, were, they were in there from 2012, so even before the announcement came. So they were working this game essentially after the release of the first Dead Island game. So they were there for, from 2012 to 2015. And then, whatever reason, they got, they got fucking yeeted out. Sumo Digital took over. Uh, they worked on the game for a few years, and then... Deep Silver, I guess, was just like, fuck you guys, we're bringing in Dambuster, which is an internal studio from with uh, Deep Silver. 
So it kind of sounds like all the bullshit from 2012 all up to 2019, it sounds like we're going to get a release coming up in the next six to seven months. So Amazon listed the release date as February 3rd, 2023. Mm-hmm. And it is releasing uh, on the PS4 and PS5. Uh, that the, that we know of, uh, I don't think the listing was up long enough for us to really take a good look. It, it's probably going to be on the Series X, uh, probably the Xbox One. I don't know about Switch, though. So apart from what, what little we know, the Amazon listing did tell us that we're going to have six characters to choose from, each with unique personality and dialogue, which eh, I don't know about all that. How, how Having six characters that you're going to have to flesh out as far as story-wise it kind of sounds like it's going to be six generic characters and you're going to have angry black man. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to have coach. You're going to have the fucking, you know, the fucking hillbilly white kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's is, that's exactly what it's going to be. That's exactly what it's going to be. So how much is the story? How much, how much, how how much, how much are you going to fucking learn about someone while you're running from a zombie? You're really not. Even if they do have a story, they're going to have to fit into the exact same situation that all the other characters are going to have to fit yeah. into. You know what yeah. I mean? You're so, literally just getting dialect. Probably. That's probably all it is. Yeah. As sad as it is. I I think that's fine though. Like I don't, when I think about zombie movies and shit like that, like my, my favorite, and I think everybody probably agrees. Zombie land is like top 10, maybe top, maybe top five. Good, good zombie yeah. flick. And you don't learn anything about the characters outside of the main character other than just their name, like Dakota, right? <laughs> like, uh, which to be fair though, you're you're stuck with those characters for about two hours though. Yeah, this you're going to be stuck with them for you probably know, thirty to forty hours. Yeah, most likely. What's a? F- it's yeah, because they're they're RPG, right? So they're gonna they're gonna really like push this out. Yeah. So my, the thing that I don't like about just these random, just like, we're going to have a whole bunch of characters for you to, from you to choose from mm-hmm. reminds me of like watchdog legions. So watchdog legions, their entire shtick was that you can recruit any fucking body. Oh yeah. So, and the problem with that is that when they say you can recruit any fucking body, you can recruit like a dozen different like archetypes, character archetypes, which is essentially, it, you know. You're going to have the, you're going to have the, just the, the fragile old woman who's going to like, you know, hit you, hit you with her walker or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, you're going to hit her with her, with her purse or something like that. And that's going to be her, her thing. But how do you, how do you develop characters when you have these character archetypes and they kind of have to fit into every situation that you're ever always going to, you know, find in the game. You can't, you can't have a bespoke set of dialogue or interactions because they have to fit across all the characters who might also find themselves in the same uh story situation you know yeah. what i mean yeah so but it, it's so weird because i think i think when people look at like uh games like watchdog uh or or a specific like shit like Euridian chronicles which is coming out or sui coden one and two people tout those games because oh you get a hundred plus characters that you get to be in your party a hundred plus characters oh, yeah. you know that are around you at all times and uh they may not always have a story but what they do is they bring in like a new play style 
Um, and they're just nah. gen- they're yeah. generic character with nunchucks, generic character with a spear, generic character with a boat oar, you know, whatever. So that that and that would work. Unfortunately, they only talked about their unique personalities and dialogue. So yeah, <laughs> talk to me about like this. This guy's a fucking a Bowie knife expert, and this dude, you know, yeah. he used to play MLB baseball and he, he carries a baseball bat and he just fucking yeah. wells melee swings, right? Or somebody used to be a sniper and so like they just have a, fucking, a steadier fucking Some fucking hand. chick who likes to take kickboxing classes or yeah. takes archery or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that would be cool as shit. Yeah, you got like a Tifa Lockhart in that bitch just like Woo. busting motherfuckers up shooting dolphins yeah. out of the floor. Like, I'm in. I'm in, dude. <laughs> so what, oh, what, no. are, so what, is, what is the story on this game, dude? Like I just... I don't you just need... ruined the game. Now I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be expecting. I'm gonna be expecting some bitch with short shorts and huge tits and dolphins coming out of the fucking ground, yeah, man. Yeah. So as far as as far as we know, and I think this was kind of known at some point in time, but uh, this is gonna be happening in Los Angeles. So okay. there is a deadly virus spreading across Los Angeles that turns in inhabitants into ravenous zombies. Uh, typical typical zombie trope, right? Yeah. Cities yeah. in quarantine. Right, and military have retreated. Straight up zombie bullshit. Been infected, but more than just immune, your team you learn to harness the zombie inside. Okay, so maybe you zombie powers and shit, which oh, that doesn't make. Oh, I hate it. it. It's, oh, it's gonna it. get better. Let, I'm gonna keep reading because I think it's gonna get better. There's no way it can get worse, right? Right. Only you and a handful of other swaggering fellows. Ouch! That was that was yeah. a little rough. Yeah, I was a little rough. Swaggering fellows. And I, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that every time. It's like, excuse me, ma'am, me and my s- group of swaggering fellows over here would, was wondering if you would like to join us. Mace, cops called, jail. That's what I picture yeah, after that. Yeah, every single time. <laughs> every single time. So these swag, swaggering fellows of yours uh, who have to be resistant to the pathogen holds the future of L.A. and humanity in the balance. As you uncover the truth behind the outbreak, you'll discover who or what you are. Survive, evolve, save the world. Just another day in L.A. I think you just became the new narrator of Lies of P. No, 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 no. no, no, You you killed it. Like, you did a really good job. Did I kill it? Yeah. Terrible. I could beat Geppetto. I think I could beat Geppetto. Yeah, I think so. That was just as awful as the narrator in life of p lies of p lies of p life of p life of pi i was thinking life of pi great movie by the way i still haven't watched it you haven't watched it Mm -mm. man i've heard i've heard that it it has to be i i didn't realize that the movie was as psychedelic and like wild as it is and that like the it's mm, don't uh, don't ruin it for me just let me let me i know that i need to watch it i know that it's you like you need to fucking watch it i know it, i know it's I, up it, there with like goodfellows in terms of like you have to fucking watch it yeah uh it's it's super fucking crazy okay it is a super fucking crazy movie it is crazy as fuck please please watch it so we can talk about it afterwards. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So our yeah. we're we're gonna have another podcast eventually where we just review movies. Uh, I think, or at least I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it by myself. Oh, you're giving yourself more work now. Yeah, uh, I just gotta finish Excellent. this children's book first. Um, this this oh story seems like a you know a typical zombie story. Nothing nothing too crazy. It's not yeah. Las it's not Vegas fucking virus. What's weird is it's Dead Island. Um. You're not Where's on an the island, island anymore. Yeah. Um, I just really hope they incorporate the LA River. Uh, I just recently realized or found out that that's actually just a sewer, <laughs> an above ground sewer. <laughs> uh, and that, maybe, that, that cracks oh me up man. a little bit. Oh, man. Maybe that is the truth around the outbreak. It is just, just a collective amount of people just shitting all of this toxicness yeah. into the river. It's all and the it's all the it's all the Percocet and everybody's pee, dude. Damn. Yeah. No, just another day in LA, right? Yeah. Fucking hell. I I actually, you know what? I I did play the I did play the first game, and I got it for fucking cheap. Got it for fucking cheap. And I'm gonna give credit to Xbox Game Pass for this mm-hmm. one because. I remember playing it. I think it was on the Xbox One X. It had come across on Game Pass. And so I installed the game and I was immediately turned off by the fact that it performed like shit on the Xbox One. Now, the Xbox One X, this was the upgraded version, which was more powerful than PS4 Pro. Still ran like shit. So I was like, fuck this. I went over to Steam. I purchased it so I could play it in a decent frame rate yep. and decent resolution. And I had a decent time with it. I had a decent time with it. I didn't play the, I think it was like Dead Island Riptide or some shit like that. It's, uh, it was like a, I, I don't think it was a DLC. I think it was just like a side story or something like that. I never played that, but I had a decent time with Dead Island. Hmm. Uh, was upset, like as you were, that it didn't have really anything to do with the release trailer. So that was kind of shit. But outside of that, I had an okay time with it. So I'm hoping that Dead Island 2 is going to be a decent game i recently was it dying light i think it was dying light i gave dying light the first game a try and it's actually pretty dope Hmm. it's actually pretty dope i really enjoyed dying light that's good to hear yeah so i need to i need to play dying light too uh there was a lot of grapes around it but i want to play it i've i haven't had a lot of zombie games uh that i've been able to play uh, in the last few years, so uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of hyped about it. So I'm hoping they I'm hoping they do good. It's been it's been shit on all over the place. In fact, one of the games we're going to be talking about uh, does kind of can, does kind of shit on them. Not maybe doesn't shit on them, but they like to they like to have a little fun with the Dead Island uh, games. What's that? So, well, we'll talk about it when Let's I get to it, it because right. we're going to be talking about Gamescom uh, oh. in Germany. Uh, they are having an opening night live program that's going to be starting on Tuesday, August 23rd. So we have another game thing showcase uh, that's going to be also, I guess, hosted by Jeff Keeley. This motherfucker's everywhere. So there's about 12 games that we know of so far that are going to be at Gamescom. And there's going to be more to come, but the list that we know so far, Sonic Frontiers, the hopefully not shit Sonic game. Yeah. Um, 
hopefully the Gamescom uh, stuff that comes from there are going to be much better than the stuff we've received so far because we're not we're not very confident that Sonic Frontiers is going to do very well. They they uh, should have a lot released. to show though though because we're we're not far off from the release date, right? Right. Yeah. So. Um, Q4 2022, Sonic Team is going to be releasing the the next Sonic platform game, uh, Sonic Frontiers. So we have we have a couple of months to go before it's released. So hopefully, what they give us is going to be good shit. Yeah, that means the game should be lit, should be finished right now because they have to go to print fucking soon. Yeah, it it hasn't gone gold, and yeah. we probably are expecting it to go gold like a month or two before mm-hmm. the game released. So we're kind of, we're getting to the wire. If they want to release it before 2022 is over with, they're probably going to have to go go. They'll maybe they'll announce it sometime after Gamescom. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because if it does take at least a month, we're getting into, we're getting into September coming up. And then, you know, if they go, if they don't go gold in September and they wait till October, like they're really pushing it. They're really fucking pushing it. Yeah. Then they're, they're essentially just releasing, uh, you know, last of December, trying yep. to hit the Christmas uh, group. And it's not a good look, um, yeah. but we'll see. We'll see what comes out of Gamescom. You uh, uh, you got you got your Valtrex ready for this one? I, I tried to. I put some on before I came on. Yeah. Like I, I, I was rubbing it anyway, so I decided to throw some medication while I was doing it at the same time. You know, always got to be prepared for your Hogwarts because <laughs> they're out there, man. They're out there. They will they will get you. They will get you. <laughs> you know, it is it's taken me till just now to realize why that joke is so good we've been doing this for three fucking weeks and i've just been playing out. into it it's warts on your dick it's hogwarts i i'm so fucking <laughs> shut, stupid shut up, dude i'm so fucking stupid i just serious? yeah i just read it and i was like hogwarts holy fuck that's genius this joke i've just been playing into it and now i'm just God damn it. I told you, dude, I've been real tired lately. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, man. So oh, we're man. at least they're they're talking about some shit over there at uh Gamescom uh for it. So yep, maybe we'll so, get some some new gameplay or something like that. Hopefully. So it is a action role playing game by Avalanche Studios. Current release date is February tenth, twenty twenty three. Um I don't remember is this was this an official release date or if this was a leaked release date i don't remember hmm. yeah i don't know i mean they so, got pre-orders and shit out so i imagine i don't think so i don't no? think they've done pre-orders yet no really it was a leak the pre-orders were a leak so oh, we know about, that's right that's right that's right yeah we know but, about collector's editions excuse me and shit like that but i don't is, think they've I think, actually gone live i think this is where they're gonna announce the they Probably. have to announce the fucking pre-orders here it kind of feels like Gamescom was probably the the last really big uh, gaming showcase mm-hmm. that they have the opportunity to finally like yo go live. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if not, hopefully, they're... so hopefully we hear hear a little bit more information. Yeah. Uh, the next on the confirmed list we have the Callisto Protocol survival horror game being developed by Striking Distance Studios with a current release date of December second, twenty twenty two. That is the I guess you want to say um, Dead Space inspired game. Oh, that's so, right, dude. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of body horror 
and dismemberment and just very unfortunate situations you're going to find yourself in and don't be don't be completely attached to your body parts because most likely you will not be during the course of the game yeah this game looks so fucking good it's though so fucking good it's so fucking good so we're gonna we're gonna be eating good because the callisto protocol is a dead space inspired game and we're also getting a dead space reboot also yes, we are. sometime yeah. next year so if you're they a fan of this they genre, haven't talked about that though in a while they haven't really no um so maybe we're going to get a little bit of both. So mm -hmm. we'll get a little bit of look and in, uh, deeper into the Callisto protocol, and then maybe we'll get a, a bigger look into the Dead Space reboot. Hell yeah. So it's going to be so good. So if you're a fan of uh, survival horror, first person horror type things, third person horror, a lot of good shit's coming out. Next on the confirmed list, we have Outlast Trials. So Outlast Trials is a first person, first person, first person psychological horror horror survival game so third game in the outlast series it's it's probably going to be a fucked up game have you played outlast at all i haven't played any of the outlast games nope. dude i i literally cannot play outlast i i think i've put in like three hours into it and it, it's so fucking creepy with the dudes that are stalking you through the uh insane asylum i i i'm super weirded out by like ultra crazy people because you just never know what the fuck they're going to do and insane <laughs> asylum uh horror movies are like the scariest to me um and it just i don't know that game just fucks me up so i i'm gonna skip the fuck out of this outlast is super fucking scary though at least to not me. not gonna lie i've been avoiding it because of that because i think there's uh so what's the mechanic like you have a videotape that you so you're supposed yep. to like document this place right yeah you're going so in you're, to, to investigate and document so like you're picking up uh records and all this other stuff and like when you're in there i think like the floor falls or something and you fall through and you're like stuck and there's like this giant dude in like a you know like a butcher suit and he's like walking around the hallways and he knows you're there because he, he heard you and everything's dark and the only time you can see is through the fucking night vision. And so you're like stumbling around through the dark and like trying to find stuff and batteries and flashlights and yeah. fucking matches, whatever. There's no, from what I remember, there's no weapons. It's just. Oh, it's one of those games. Yeah. Just avoid and survive, right? Yeah. It's full survival horror. Okay. So I, so one of the games that I played that's a little bit more action oriented uh, Alan Wake mm -hmm. has kind of like a similar mechanic because you have uh, flashlights and you need batteries to power the flashlights because the, I guess the, um, the things that you fight uh, in order to, I guess, like break their shield, you have to shine a light on them mm -hmm. and you have to like shine a light on them. And then there's like a bar that fills up and then, you know, it explodes and it basically breaks their shield. Otherwise they're, they're basically unkillable. Okay. So you have to constantly, you know, fumble around with your light. So you have to f get your light shine it on them enough times they break their shield then swap your weapon and shoot them and so i had a i had an anxiety about playing the game because like oh shit like what happens if i run out of batteries and so then i can't break their shield and then i'm just gonna fucking die yeah then you're just soft locked and, <laughs> yeah and that just it it really bothered me and like this kind of game kind of sounds like it would just it would bother the fuck out of me because i'd be i'd be panicking about like I can't see anything, but I have to use the batteries in my camera in order to see where the fuck I'm going. But mm -hmm. if I use it too much, because I'm scared and I don't want to, I don't want to get like you know 
bum rush by something but then I'd, i'm gonna have to find batteries and i you know like trying to balance that out and it's like, it just seems like a fucking nightmare yeah it's a total nightmare uh the, the next game though is is a little bit less of a nightmare but sort of a nightmare gotham knights uh i i've been watching a lot of this gameplay uh i'm not really into it it doesn't for me it doesn't like scratch the itch of like uh the the arkham series style of gameplay um but I, it looks like that's what they're trying to go for but like i don't know so so fill me in it says it's supposed to be like this action role-playing game but what exactly is gotham knights like the little bit i read is it supposed to be it's like after batman right like yeah like is it like robin and like his crew like they take over yeah like yeah, the yeah. duties yeah but it's it's robin has got a different name nightwing nightwing uh well the original robin is now red mask because he's dead and then he comes back or something like that and then you got nightwing which is the second robin or something like that either way they're both robin they're two different robins from from what i remember of dc um and uh so nightwing has a lot of melee stuff with his little batons and stuff um he does a lot of backflips and spinning around is the the action style combat that you would see like in the original arkham series so the batman mm -hmm. series with the dodge rolls the parries all that stuff looks like it's there for nightwing then you have red mask um i think that's his name uh he, he uses pistols he likes to shoot motherfuckers in the head so he's Perfect. doing like a lot of like it 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 plays like it's a melee character but it's ranged attack. So it looks really fucking weird. And it also makes me feel like he should be overpowered as fuck because he's in your face with a gun and he fires it. You should just die as the bad guy, but they don't. Right. So oh. like when I watch the gameplay, I'm like, they took RPG Damn. mechanics of like, this does six damage and the the enemy has a hundred HP. So like you have to shoot him in the head X number of times. Like it's not really like that, but like that's what it feels like to me. And it makes the gameplay look a little weird. Um, and then it, it also kind of looks like you're, you're just going around the city and uh, finding stuff to like crime to stop and then progressing a story. Um, all right. I mean, it doesn't sound too, too bad, I guess. Like if yeah. it goes on sale for like $10 or something. Yeah. Or if I get it on the Humble Bundle, I'll play it. Or um, Humble Bundle. There you go. But there there was a trailer that just came out for it that shows like uh, advanced gameplay for Red Mask. Um, so maybe check that out. Maybe I'll show it with a clip here. Um, maybe that could sway some people into it. But for me, it's it's not hitting. It doesn't it doesn't give me that dark gritty Gotham vibe that I really want, so I'll probably skip it. I got you. Well, we're not gonna have too long to find out if it's if it's good or not because it's coming out on October twenty fifth, twenty twenty two, uh, about exactly two months from now. So, yep. um, so we'll see. And uh, next on the confirmed list, we have a new IP from a studio called Unknown Worlds. And if you don't know. Unknown Worlds are developers for Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero. Ooh. So I think we're going to have uh, probably something along those lines uh, from their, uh, from this uh, Unknown World studio. So we're going to check it out in Gamescom. 
And then, uh, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any experience with this? The next on uh, game on the list? Yeah. So the the Honkai game, uh, Honkai Star Rail. Yeah. Uh, it's a free to play tactical role playing game from the Hoyoverse. It's the fourth game in the Honkai series. The most recent one is Honkai Impact or Honkai Third Impact. I think it was what it's called. Something do, like that. They do a lot of like crossover type of shit in that game. Uh, but that one is a action RPG. This one being a tactical RPG, so probably more like a SRPG type of thing. Uh, they've had two closed beta tests recently, um, October 26th through November 1st. Oh, those are upcoming. Sorry. And then May 25th through June 15th. Um, they don't have a release date, uh, although speculation is leaning more towards early 2023. This is a very anime inspired uh game super anime yeah uh like it looks really fucking good though god dang i i know this is a gotcha game this is a you know spend money get shards pull uh pull something uh type of game so i get it i i'll I'll play it probably because I'm a sucker for, for doing these for at least like uh, a couple weeks to see what it's like. Um, it's I, free. Yeah. And it, the thing is what these guys do really well, uh, these uh, uh, pay to win type of games and shit like that, or like these Honkai uh, anime type of games, they have crazy good UIs. For like for their character conversations, like or their character, are uh, yeah. their character design screens? They're so fucking good. It's not like Raid Shadow Legends and shit like that, where everything is like generic as fuck. Like they do really custom, like really sick ass looking UIs. Um, so I'll probably play it just to like look at like <laughs> the design, um, and then I'll take screenshots and I'll uninstall it so I don't spend any money. I, I will give them the credit. They they do have some really great character designs. I mean, a lot of the the Hoyo Hoyoverse stuff. Yeah, is really great characters. Yeah. Uh, you you see a lot of the a lot of people cosplaying as those characters. You'll see uh, vehicle wraps, so the Atasha type of stuff uh, are done with a lot of the Hoyoverse uh, characters. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of people really into those characters yeah in a sometimes concerning way true true i have to i have to avoid the uh the popular feed on reddit because they are rabid people yeah they are rabid for anything involving hoyoverse stuff genshin impact yep they are unnaturally attracted to those characters yeah and the amount of lude artwork coming out of it is insane bananas insane. holy fucking crazy shit yep um speaking of which uh janet said i could wrap my car in anime shit so i'm gonna do it fucking but it's not gonna be it's not gonna be in Oyoverse. It's probably gonna be like uh unit one, like some or like Gundam type of shit, like so some big robot shit. If you turn if you turn your fucking vehicle into a Gundam robot, that would be fucking amazing. See? See? 
a little anime girl, totally not into it. Little anime boy, and totally not into it. But if it's like a big fucking robot, or like you know, Unit One from like Evangelion is like purple and green, or like it's it's uh, Wing Zero from Gundam Wing with the fucking ultra shit and the wings going down the back. Dude, I'm I'm getting hyped thinking about it. But anyways, we got another game that they've announced too. We got Goat Simulator Three. Uh, you wanted yep. to talk about this shit, so I'll let you do it, man. So, all right. So, Goat Simulator is actually tied to the Dead Island series, whether you know it or not. So, when Goat Simulator was first announced, the trailer that they showed off was a play on that original Dead Island 1 teaser trailer. Holy shit. So, they have... So, when the when the teaser starts... There's a goat laying on the grass with its tongue out, and the tra- <laughs> the Goat Simulator one trailer plays in reverse, and you watch the goat rise up from the ground, go through a window, go through a building, and stuff like that. So they did an entire parody of the Dead Island one teaser trailer. Jeez, Goat Simulator three. By the way, there is no Goat Simulator two. They decided to go from Goat Simulator 1 to Part 3. Fuck Part 2. So if you watch the Goat Simulator 3 trailer, they mimicked the Dead Island 2 teaser that they released back in 2014. God damn which it. Which, if you haven't seen the Dead Island 2 teaser, it's basically a guy who is, um, he is getting ready to jog down like, I don't know, like Malibu, like the boardwalk or something like that. So... You know, he's over there, you know, he's like getting ready, he's stretching and stuff like that. He puts on his fucking headphones and just, you know, blocking out all the sounds from the world and he just jogs. And behind him, you can see all the destruction from, you know, zombies turning and attacking all the people. And it's the same thing with a Goat Simulator 3 trailer. You have a dude getting ready to jog, puts on his earphones and he keeps going. And instead of zombies, you have goats fucking up everything in the background. It's so good. They've been doing this since release. Jeez Louise. So I love that yes. they're fucking with the Dead Island guys. Just a they little are bit. fucking they are fucking with the Dead Island guys. It's so fun. So I I don't even know what to describe Goat Simulator 3 as. A goat action video game. That's about as good as I can I can describe it. So this is from a, a group called Goat uh Coffee Stain Studios. Mm-hmm. We just mentioned them and, a ago. Yeah, we just mentioned them because uh, they. You said they are a part of what? They are owned by is it Embracer Group? Yeah, yeah. They are owned by Embracer. Jesus, Embracer is going to be everywhere, guys. Yep, you're not going to be able to escape from them. Uh, we don't know too much about it. Uh, the expected release date is November seventeenth, twenty twenty two. So around the corner, a couple of months, two three months, and I guess uh, goat fucking simulation action. I guess, man. Yeah. We got a a Justin Roiland fucking game coming out. The dudes of Rick and Morty created yeah. High on Life. Uh, that's the one with the is that the the guns that have characteristics and shit. So it's a comedic yeah. biopunk first person shooter. Dude, it's uh it looks pretty fucking good. They got a new fucking show coming out too. Do they? Yeah, I, I swear that they've well so I. I've seen like that same, the same similar style yeah, from yeah. Rick and Morty mm-hmm. across like two or three different TV series. Yeah. They, they just, 
Go ahead. Well, it's a new one. So they got the one with the the aliens, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That are on Earth, and they got Rick and Morty. There's another one, and then there's like this fourth one now. Oh, okay. the new, the other one that they just came out was uh, a spinoff of Rick and Morty, where it's the uh, the, the Avengers type of characters that they got killed in one of the episodes, <laughs> and they're yeah. yeah. So that they got a little spinoff show, uh, but then there's the f- the fourth one that's coming out. Uh, that looks really good. But High on Life, I mean, everything that uh, Justin Roiland touches uh, is funny as fuck. Uh, yeah. His his ability to dig into comedy and just have a good time with it and give you, like, really unexpected type of stuff. If you like Rick and Morty, if you like the uh, the other game with the the eyeballs, where, God, what the fuck was that game that they put out? It was like a, a VR I game. The name, but I, I know what you're talking about. It's... It they were describing like the um the fucking I don't know it's like this generic item thing I forget what they're calling it uh, was, oh man so we can just squanch games bro yeah squanch games fucking kills um anyway this uh this is another game by them they're if you like them you're probably gonna like this uh this is originally expected to release uh, October 25th, 2022, but it was recently pushed to December 13th. So you can still get it before Christmas. Uh, get it yeah. for your kids. Uh, they'll love it. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, unfortunately did get pushed back. So um, you get it to play in December. And like you said, like the... I... <sighs> Some people are not into Justin Roiland. Kind They're of missing comedy, out. Right? They're fucking missing You're out. You're missing out. So... Justin Roiland, just like us, are, it's it's pretty much off the cuff. He just goes in there, and he just fucking goes. Yeah. And you hope that whatever comes out is funny. And most of the time, it it's pretty funny. So I, I love the fact that, like, sometimes when he goes into the booth to, like, do stuff like the episodes where Rick sings or something like that, like the raps and stuff. He just gets wasted and just freestyles. Basically. Uh, there was an episode where uh, Summer is just listening to music nonstop. Like she keeps putting in her headphones for stuff. Uh, so they released a clip later on where it's what she was listening to. And it was just Justin Roiland being drunk, pretending he's like in a boy band or something. Um, the dude's fucking, the dude's so fucking cool. So it, yeah, uh, him and his whole team just fucking kill. Yeah. Um, so check it out. It's it's um uh, I believe this is going to be only on Steam and Xbox. Hmm. So if you're if you're a PlayStation boy, um it it sucks. Uh but get get it on Steam. Yeah, get it or on Steam, get, man. Get your get yourself a, a a PC Game Pass. It might come out on Game Pass day 1. Get yourself a 1 month subscription to Game Pass and just play it on there. What's weird That's is what it's I'm not up, it's not up for pre-order or even listed on Steam right now. Oh, that sucks. Well, maybe it's going to be like PC Game Pass Ultimate. So maybe it won't be on Steam. So either way, you're going to have to you're going to have to shoot Microsoft some money. Yeah, but it's yep, okay. Yep. I promise you. It's going to be it's going to be fine. So looking forward to that. Um and the next game on the list, uh I need your help because I have no idea what the fuck this is. Uh but Telltale is coming out with another another series called the expanse yeah so this so, is this is uh the prequel to the the expanse series uh which was a sci-fi series uh, i only watched a season of it uh 
like literally forever ago when it first came out in like 2015. Maybe I watched the first season in 2016, 2017. Um, it, it did really well. It just recently ended. Uh, so it's cool to have uh, Telltale come in and kind of expand upon the uh, series here. Uh, it's going to be a... God, who who is the character again? How we just look this up? Yeah, it's... I thought it was like a Carmen, but it's, yeah, Carmen, it's not. Yeah, Carmen. Is it Carmen? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the setting for this game is a space mutiny taking place on the ship Artemis. Uh, they don't have a release date, and literally the trailer doesn't tell you anything about what's going on. Only thing that you know is that this is a prequel to the TV show. I'm not going to lie. It... It looks interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm into I'm into fucked up sci-fi shit. Yep. And this looks like it's going to be fucked up sci-fi shit. It is going to be su- fucked up sci-fi. Uh, the Expanse is just fucked up sci-fi. Right up my alley. Yep. So I'll be I'll be looking forward to that. I'll be looking forward to getting some more information because they I, since I'm not familiar with the Expanse TV series, I'm hoping for a little bit more context. So I I guess I might be missing out on maybe like yo this is a character from the TV series and I should know like maybe some personality traits and stuff like that, or maybe some things they may be doing in the future uh, mm-hmm. during the series. But I, it kind of sounds like maybe you won't need to be involved in that aspect of it. And it should be a standalone title. So I'm pretty yeah. hyped. Yeah. Yeah. I think this will be standalone completely. Um, I think having the experience of, of being a part of the expanse, like watching the series and stuff like that, or reading the books, will probably give you a little bit more information, but I, I do believe that they're just based on how they treated um, The Wolf Among Us, uh, Left yeah. 4 Dead, Batman, all that other stuff. You could walk into those games and not know anything about the IP and be totally fine. Were those not original IP? <laughs> Wolf Among Us, was that, was that something else? That, that I don't know. Okay. I think that may have been their original IP. Um, okay. Because that's what got them started, right? I don't remember. I just remember hearing that Wolf Among Us was super good. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. Um, Damn it. I was like, I thought you were joking. I was like, of course Batman is not their IP. <laughs> no, I thought... You I caught thought me so win. off guard with that. I was like, am I retarded? Am I that drunk right now? Like, what is going on? Uh I mean, we can't rule out that I'm the one that's retarded and drunk. <laughs> True. Thought about that. True. Uh, two idiots drinking and talking about video games. Um, and then we got uh, one last confirmed game, which we've talked about a lot already uh, across yeah. different episodes. Um, so I guess they're going to show some more for Return to Monkey Island. Yep. So game number six. I, I don't know if it's going to be a point in adventure kind of like the old previous games, but it's supposed to at least follow the story from the second game in the series, LeChuck's Revenge. So if you're a fan from like those early 90s, late 80s, um, point and click adventure games, this is probably going to be something that you're going to be into. Uh, The original, I forget the name, I forget that guy's name, but uh, the original, one of the original creators is on board. So I do believe he was, he was a writer or at least a character artist Hmm. on the game. I I want to say that he recently quit social media because people shit all over him when they saw the artist art uh, the art style of the game. Are you talking this. about George Lucas? 
No, not George Lucas. <laughs> he he owns LucasArts games. Yeah, just mess up. But uh, something similar. Um, this guy is apparently very sensitive to these kind of critiques. And so he was basically chased off of social media because of the response of the art direction for this game. I love that like non-artists are attacking artists about their choice and the way that they want to represent their media and their intellectual property. Yeah, because we're a bunch of fucking dicks. Basically, what it boils down to. <laughs> that that reminds me of like, dude. Also, like the whole everybody who's into the whole George Lucas uh, uh, IPs, like Star Wars and shit. Those are some of the most toxic fucking fans. Uh, yeah, they also chased other people off of social media because they did not like their characters in the Star Wars uh, franchises. Yeah, like that so really nice it? Asian lady, Rose. Rose, right? That's it. She was, yeah, it was Rose in the. Uh, in the last uh, tr set of trilogies, mm -hmm. she was, she was, I mean, I, I would assume that people would have gone and, and fucking crucified her, literally crucified her if they could have, because of whatever perceived slights they thought that she brought to the, to the series, which is not her fault. She was an actor performing off of a script yeah. that she was given and paid to do. So the fact that people blame her of everybody. It's fucking wild. It's, it's crazy to me. Yeah. I, I don't understand people. I don't understand people. And of course, like being a public persona, you do kind of have a little bit of expectation that you're going to deal with some, you know, backlash every once in a while. Yeah. But man, you motherfuckers are dumb as fuck. And, and, and we do uh, see the irony in this because we did just a cost the dev studio that put together uh the remake of 13 uh we did but they but fucked it up they fucked it up and they know they fucked it up but there's a difference like we're not gonna chase after them we're not gonna add them on twitter we're not gonna try to find out like yeah, where they live i'm just not gonna buy their fucking game yeah that's about a, that's about the worst i'm ever gonna do yeah. i'm not gonna remind them on twitter every day about how much of a piece of shit they are or anything yeah. like that, because they're not, they, they're just people doing a job. Microid, the publisher yeah, had to have been involved during the entire development process. And they should have seen this and would have went like, nah, this is not what we're looking for in a remake, but they did it. Mm -hmm. They either were hands off, had no direction. And when they saw what they got, they were just like, what the fuck? Well, we got to do something. We're just going to release it. Yeah. Fuck it. Hopefully, nobody notices. And then everybody noticed, and they had to address the problem. Yeah. That's totally on them. But this is not a remake with Return to Monkey Island. This is a uh, a new game in an IP. Yeah. So, like, whatever they're doing with the art style is just what they feel like doing. Because they're, they're still... You know, it still looks animated. It still look it's it it still plays into the idea of what Monkey Island was. But Monkey Island back in the day was, you know, a two D side scrolling fucking hand drawn a, FMV type of game. It was it was a product of its time. I mean, most of these games, most of the like the the core games in the series were back in the early nineties. Yeah. So, a bunch of pixelation, 
I mean, the character probably took up like four or five pixels. Mm-hmm. Not not literally, but you know. Yeah, it was there was it was a handful of pixels in order to 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 get the the character on screen. So I I don't I don't understand the people's hatred for stuff like that, especially for some for something they they haven't played yet or haven't even seen like actual gameplay. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it fits the style of whatever narrative they're going to put out or whatever the entire game's going to be. Who knows? So, I don't know. I don't I don't understand people. I don't understand people. Me either. Keep that vitriol somewhere else like get your life. Yeah. Um we do know that there are going to be more games announced. We just don't know what they are. Uh yeah. and we don't really have to wait that much longer because August 23rd so tuesday uh we get to watch all this stuff right yeah so i'm not really too sure how the games come i guess showcase is going to be is going to be situated it seems like there's going to be maybe like a main uh streaming Mm -hmm. thing that's going to be happening and i think this is what this is on tuesday august 23rd and i think the rest is going to be more of like an in-person type thing okay so it seems like they're going to have an actual show floor where they're going to have the games maybe some developers come by and set up booths and stuff like that so you'll have people out there being able to play some of the stuff on the floor nice right so i I do like that we're getting back to conventions uh sort of how they used to be pre-pandemic yeah me Uh, too I, i think it's time yeah it feels good uh i'm glad that they're doing it uh we have a, a U.S. and European block, right? So, like, how's that? Well, working? I think. Well, so this is. I think this is just the time difference between oh, okay, okay. us and the us in Europe. So, for for the for the Americans, for Americans, eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern. If you live in between the the East and West Coast, it's going to be some somewhere in inside of those times. Yeah, do the math in Europe. Yeah, in Europe, it's going to be seven p.m. British summertime. 8 p.m. Central Europe summertime. So uh, nighttime for them. It's going to be morning, early afternoon for us on Tuesday. Nice. Yep. And I'll be tuning in. Yeah, dude, I can't wait. I can't wait. This is 3 p.m. our time. Uh, I I should be essentially done with work. Oh, no, I'll be in the office. You're right. right. I'm retarded. Uh. It's going to suck because I'll be in the office on Wednesday, so I'm going to miss a little bit of it, but I'm sure there'll be a VOD. We'll see. I, yeah. it's, I, I'm hoping that this is going to be just like the, the only stream and then probably we'll be receiving some information uh, as they have the in-person stuff play out. So maybe they'll, they'll have uh, some, some outlets going to see what's out on the, on the floor and maybe getting some footage back from some of the games that they're going to be showcasing out there. Yeah. You'll probably see it all like popping up on like IGN and stuff like that. And, and as we do, we're going to collect the news and we're going to react to it and talk about it. And, uh, just, I don't know, give some feedback in on like maybe some industry shit that Michael's super into. And, uh, you know, I'll probably cover the art and the industry shit. And I don't know either way, man, this is good for us. Yeah. That's been it for this week. And, uh, for those who don't know, we also have a version of this on all of your podcasting platforms. So if you are an Apple user, go into the Apple Podcast app and look for Pixels and Pints with the dope ass logo. Every other Pixel and Pints are fucking fake as fuck. Mm-hmm. So 
don't listen to them, listen to us. If you're on Spotify, <laughs> you can also find us under Pixels and Pints. And probably also on any other podcasting platform. It's hard to tell. There's so many podcasting platforms that you can uh, utilize these days, but we're probably on most, if not all of them anyways. Uh, otherwise, if you have some issues with anything that we've said today, anything that I've said, because I'm retarded and I say a whole bunch of dumb shit. And my problem is I'm really confident when I say something stupid. So feel free to call me out because I will not learn otherwise. That's if true. If you hate the sound of my voice, please let me know. I need to get a better mic probably anyways. I kind of look like a ghost right now. It feels like I'm super white. You are very I white. I very look, white. I look like I have a tan and I know. Yeah. So IRL, Michael's so much darker than me. Am I? Not not mm. terribly darker, but I am like paper white. Hold on. Let me, let me, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just, just the white, the white color that I'm getting from the, from the screens right now. Let me, let me look up like a tan. It's like a tan wallpaper. See, Let's like, see if it changes. Already you, you have a little bit more red in your skin. So I have, see? I ha yeah, see, I have a couple different. Oh, it's just the, let me. There you go. See, look, you look like, bit. yeah. I don't know. It still looks like I'm lighter. Yeah, seems you still like you, got... you still look like a late late term Michael Jackson. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ow. <laughs> Never mind, guys. I don't need any more comments. That was the only one I did. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Motherfucker white. Uh, shit, dude. I am grabbing my nuts right now, so yeah. All right. Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to share it with your friends. Comment, like, yeah. subscribe, all that shit. Uh, yeah. Even if you don't, we're going to continue doing this because we're doing it for us. But we do enjoy when people actually enjoy what we're doing as right. well. And if you really, really want to hear more of this shit, give us five stars on the Apple podcast platform. Just do it. Just yeah. do it. Just give us five stars and say, you know what? Mike looks like. A fucking what was it? A Michael Jackson? Late late term Michael Jackson. I, Mike looks like a late term Michael Jackson. <laughs> Give me drop pixels and pints five stars and and let everybody know that Mike looks like a late term Michael Jackson. And and, and do it in a way that's nice for his ego because uh, goddamn. I don't no. I actually I that's what if, exactly what I want. What late if, term Michael Jackson? What if that's you just what if you just end up being the new Burt Kreischer for this and everybody is? Oh no. <laughs> Don't invite it too much. Bert Kreischer. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him so much. Bert is fat. He is fat as fuck. Oh, God and, damn it. Oh, maybe I am Bert Kreischer. I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. You got your shit together. I do. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, I'm Bradley. And I'm Mike. And we're just uh, two dudes talking about video games and drinking pints. Thanks for watching. Later, guys. See ya. Get the fuck off of me, dog. <laughs>